The Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified, West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the bunker in Southern California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my partner, is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian, here to do another show once again. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Let's get savage in here. Yeah. There's a fucking no lies. No lies. We're going to get down to it. Yeah. Come on. Real talk. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Blue eyes. Yeah. Blue eyes. And on sound. Oh, blue eyes. Bloody. It's Shoshana. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about right there. Certified audio professional engineer. For the Hard Luck Show. Yo. Yeah. I used to play this at the roller skating ring when I was a kid. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Can you skate backwards? Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. skate backwards? backwards, yeah. I was good at roller skating. Were you? A little shit, Get yeah. Get the fuck out of here. We go to Flippers. Every Saturday, we go to Flippers. Flippers. Yeah, it was a roller skating rink. What? Now we learning some shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you have, like, tight pants? And you no, 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 no. Did you, was it, did you get picked on, like, ladies' night? Like, ladies' pick or whatever? <laughs> did you own your own skates? No. Uh, did you, like, right. have that little stopper in the front of the toe? Yep, yep, yep. Hey, did you ever do the like? Hey, you ever do hey, a couple skate? Hey, did you ever do the shoot? Did <laughs> yes. you ever do the shoot the duck? Did you ever do the shoot no. the duck? Don't lie. Come shoot on. The, is it shoot the moon? No, you go shoot down on one leg and you put your other leg out. It's called shoot no, the duck. No, I never did nothing. Come like on, that. man. What about the hokey pokey? When they did the hokey no, pokey, 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 no hokey pokey. <laughs> All right. All right. We have a guest. Yo, yo, yo. We have a guest on today, yeah. man. I've been trying to get this guest on <laughs> yeah. for a year and a half. One, two, three, and <laughs> As you guys know, I'm from the four corners on the west side. And I got a camarada, man, that I met. Damn. How long ago did we meet? Come on. Wow, like 10 years ago. No, now? longer than 11? that, bro. Yeah, longer. 11, at least. And this gentleman is from the four corners. He's from a neighboring. Uh, neighborhood by mine. A neighboring um, neighborhood? Yep, a neighborhood neighborhood by mine. And we got introduced uh, by a mutual friend, man. And um, and I tell you, man, this, this, this dude, this was 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. And uh, this dude is really, man, come just so far. He's a very dear friend of mine. He's been like a little brother to me, man. You know, in many, many respects. And uh, he's, he came to work for me a long time ago. And he just grabbed the he just he just got I handed this guy the ball and he ran with it. Hmm. Brought him kind of into the fold, man. 
in apparel and in business, and this dude just took off. Yeah? Yeah. And really, really, I just, there's not a lot of guys, in, there's people in my life, but very rarely do I have people that have just completely done a 360 and completely changed so many things in their life. And I want to introduce a good, good friend of mine, goes by the name of Cess. Caesar Silva, welcome to the show, Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of my listeners, a lot of people listening, yes. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Guys, they're showing up their tits. Yeah. You guys, you can get an autograph yeah. afterwards. Keep your clothes on. The, the ladies' tits are scaring yeah. Sess's dog. <laughs> Dog's scared of the tits. A lot of people listening that are my friends or know me will know exactly who Sess is. As, as we have our interview as this goes on. But thank you for coming in, yeah, brother. Yeah, of course, man. I've, I, I've been wanting to come by for a while. You know, I've just been out the loop. But yeah. here I am. Yeah. Know? And I even came with a little pup. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your little friend that you brought that, to visit that, with us? That's little Liza. She's like 11 months now. She yeah, arrested sorry. Liza? Uh, nah, I got her at the beginning of uh, the quarantine. And, mm. you know, I don't know. Everyone's buying puppies and... I found this puppy that was available, and I've always wanted one. I was like, all right, it's time. And, did you uh, name her Liza, or did she come with that name? No, I named her Liza. I, what, I, did you name her after somebody? No, actually, I was just, uh, it was one morning, I was having a cup of coffee, and I was just kind <laughs> Caveman of, coffee? <laughs> I wish. Uh-huh. It would have probably came out with a better name. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, no, I was just chilling there, and I was, like, throwing words and syllables out. And I knew, like... The way that she looked, she looked very, like, elegant and soft and kind of going. And, like, I wanted her name to have some kind of motion to it, something that I can kind of, like, have fun with. Right. You know? So I was, like, throwing out different, like, long, like, L's. Throw out some, like, like, like Lorraine. Did you say yeah, Lorraine? Like, Elizabeth. Liza. 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 At first, it was originally Leiliza. 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 Leilani. Yeah. But that's, that's just a mouthful. It was just too much. I yeah. was like, well, I was just, I was like, you're doing too much now. Right. <laughs> I took so one too big of a bongalo. Yeah. 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 Getting too fancy with the yeah. dog. Yeah. 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 Too many edibles. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But so then I cut it down, and then after a while, I started kind of catching. I was like Liza, Liza, and I like, I like to have fun with it. So then Liza, Liza. Shit. So, anyways, yeah. I mean, dude, I, let's also uh, introduce. Uh, oh. We have Seth sitting here, but the great one of the greatest honors, I would think, uh, that anybody, any guest could ever have, is to have the great. Mr. Uh, Tate Dave Fletcher, Fletcher, right? Now that's sitting a, in. That's a show. That's a sitting show. Sitting in on this show. Right. I think it'd be not, it'd be the second time, too, <laughs> that, that, that me and Season and Steve were uh, all on a show together. Oh, what? Snap, Wait, what was the right. other Remember time? at the Young and Reckless office? We did a podcast show. We did did a podcast. you? That's where I first started office. my podcast. Yes. Yeah. I don't even what? remember that. that. What? I remember really? that now. Wow. Right? Yeah. Holy Completely shit. Forgot your about podcast, that. Tate? Your podcast? Mm-hmm. In the sales office at the Young and Reckless office. Wow. I would have. Yeah. How, how long ago would have I don't even remember it. Four years, four or five years. Oh, it'd have to be yeah, like five. Yeah, yeah. I remember you came. I mean, you were still young and reckless, right? Right. (laughs) It was that long ago. Yes. And podcasting really started becoming like a huge thing. I remember you had your thing. You used to walk around with your uh, little my little Zoom recorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, those were good times. Wow, I forgot about. What did you guys talk about? What did you guys gangster shit? I think we talked a lot lifestyle, about lifestyle, like, transcendence, transcendence, lifestyle evolution, just being able to progress through different stages and like 
how we developed from one way of living and one way of being and kind of creating and finding new paths and ways of I think of also living. like that's the thing too is that what was interesting about it is like everybody from very different um, existences and, and, and you go uh, in, in those there's like a way that your community expects you to react and respond to the different things that are going on and and to have people that make real different dynamic choices that change their whole lives and the lives of everybody around them is you know th- those that's the that's the thing that turned me on about it about Steve and 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 Cesar because they fucking are in a position where there are other choices that were easier roads to go for sure right and and and, and so here's another choice and it's like it's one of those things where it's like yeah, you might be born in this, or you might it might look like this from where you're at right now, but that ain't forever, and it doesn't mean you don't have agency to change where your feet are at, you right. know. And and I think that was one of the coolest yeah. things about it. You know? You, you, you know, one of the things I, I also remember the first time I one of the first times I met Tate, and I was like very enthralled by 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 the, by the big presence <laughs> that that stood in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, big tall guy. At that time, you had black painted nails. Is that you right? Had, yeah, you, yeah, you had yeah. a shaved head and a ton of water no, bottles. No beard. No beard. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... What did you say? A ton of water bottles? What did you say? A ton and of water bottles? I remember in your car, oh, you know, just like, I was like, this man drinks a lot of water. He's and hydrated. Like, this man is This is hydrated. one hydrated man. He has black nails, and I heard he's a fighter and a bank robber. So I'm uh, like, I don't know. I just, I had all these different stories. I didn't know what to make up. I was because like, you got, because you got on... The whole bulletproof coffee. Well, he got uh, whole, into his whole health, coffee. right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But I remember you were the first one that came around with a coffee cup and he's like scooping shit and putting it into yeah, the coffee. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it was right pre all this like big fat diet. And yeah. right. I remember, I remember at one point in time, you're like, I'm just eating the fattiest fucking ribeyes I can and avocados. That's all I eat is uh, right. you know, fucking right. no gnarly. Right. I know, I it know. It tastes like I haven't eaten in like five days. I'm going to break my fast with an avocado and a steak. <laughs> yeah. And a big piece of grass-fed Kerrygold yeah. butter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And I'm like, what are these guys doing, dude? That yeah. cannot be good for you. Was, you were all about it, it too. It was so insane. I was like, I want to join. <laughs> I want to be a part of this. It's one of those things that I really always appreciate fucking with stuff like that that because yeah maybe i'm wrong but i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna try <laughs> right i'm gonna half step right i'm uh, going right. in 100 percent. right i ain't gonna leave 90 percent because then i'll have 10 percent questions about right. why it didn't right. work or whatever right. right and so we're gonna go balls deep and right. we're gonna have an experience with what is a zone diet what is it this what is it that and then it's like it was cool because then a lot of my friends would get into doing that shit too and then you go oh what different results is everybody getting oh what problems do you come up and down the road da, 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 whatever right it, it's it's like the ultimate tweaker's dream <laughs> You know just constantly, just like every second, you're like, "Hey, man, I changed this and I changed that, and I got this different you, result." You take, you take, and, you take drugs and booze out of your body, though. Uh huh. And when you make subtle shifts, you can notice them. Right. Yeah. Right. That's you, exactly right. And the other thing is, is, if you're too dull, bitch, I don't know if vitamin C might be good, but I ain't noticing. That. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it was like this whole unison of, of just like nutritional density in our community in our group of friends it's like everyone's like constantly like talking about yo how can we just get fitter and smarter and this right. and one step ahead and at that time i was like i was like just getting my act together i was a few years in and i i 
just wanted to become a better person. I was like, how can I be closer to Superman? How Let me ask I... you a question. <laughs> you know hey, Sess, yeah. at that point, right, uh-huh. do you think, or is it true in your case, like, do you think that you have to run through a bunch of shit before you decide, like, all right, I am now want to become, like, a Superman? Huh. Like, uh, did you have to, like, go through a lot I, of different trials before you were like, all right, I'm ready to be serious I, now? I, I think one thing in my nature is I'm a true experimentalist. I, I I truly love, like, trying different things and edging things out and bringing things in and seeing what the results are like. And uh, I, I'm a huge believer of, like seeing what other people are doing and make the decisions that they make yeah. and how that kind of turns into these results and not trying to, you know, mirror it or just, you know, be a copy, but just kind of being influenced by it and looking at, at, at what determines the decision. And those are the things that interest me. And when I was interested in those things and I started to experiment with my life and try different things and, later down the road see a different result that's when i was like okay this is you know this uh it's a it's it's steadfast it it works what did you learn did you ever see somebody do something and then you did it and got a different result and what did you learn from that i i think that's true in you know in everyday life and the the reality is that we're not going to get the same results as mm-hmm. other people. Right. The reality is that we have our own existence right. that we have to kind of deal with and live with, and we have our own histories that kind of come up in our minds, and we have our own you know ideas of what the future should look like, and then we all have our own level of awareness in the in the present. So like the three different places of being when you kind of just like create a unison between all of it that that is when true change starts to really happen and i don't know it take it takes a while though like you don't really notice it at the beginning you know you can make a decision today and it takes a while it takes a while for it to go through its circles and loops and ups and downs and that Tate that's what you were saying about the treatment you were yeah. saying like it takes a while for it to come through some of these things and you got to stick with it mm. yeah it's in- it's interesting all those you know that the thing about uh, what you're talking about between like cause and effect, right? Right, right. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and how I have to, as a person, I have to change the way my mind thinks about that. I can't have all that space in between it. That's why I love jujitsu. I love fighting in that way because you know, I can make this adjustment in real time. You didn't put a wizard in. I'm on your back. You're asleep. Right. But we can go. Let's rewind, and I can go see right here. Where you didn't put that wizard in, that's where you fucked up, and that's why you're asleep. And then you can correct in the moment. Now, that can happen in two or three minutes on a jiu-jitsu mat where you can change the outcome of your life by somebody rewinding two steps and showing you what you can do to block that so that that thing doesn't. It might die another way, Mm -hmm. but that thing won't happen. Mm -hmm. That thing won't kill you. And so you know that. But like, if you're talking to a youngster and, and there's like, five years between cause and effect in real life. Like you hang out with these people, this is what's going to happen or whatever the thing is. Right. You can't see that as a young person. You can't see that those are connected. Even all you see is down the road. You're like, the world did me dirty. Yeah. Right. You know, (laughs) where Mm -hmm. as like, I could have changed that at the seed. And and that's the way I love the way you look at it. Cause you look at it like a biologist. That's always how I thought of it as a kid is like, I'm just going to observe 
because I can't argue with results. And so maybe he's whack as fuck, yeah. but let's see. And I'll just wait and see and watch. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna front. I am like. I love like the alchemist mm-hmm. and the idea of alchemy mm-hmm. and the idea of like transmutation and like just the the the, the power of observance and then uh, like manifestations and like those the way all that stuff works. And I remember like meeting Tate and Lucky, and those were the things that we used to talk about at the very beginning stages of our friendships and like our hangouts and our coffees and you know going to meetings and going to all these places like those were the basis of our conversations and i think that was the beginning of a new reality and those were the little decisions that i made for myself at that point in my stage of my life to harness a relationship with these people because i saw something that I didn't see somewhere else. Let's th- so th- so then let's take you back, Caesar. Like let's let's take you back, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking let's talk you're about on this it. show, let's bro. Let's talk about it, Caesar. You're on this show, bro, <laughs> and and I've got a handful of people in my life that have gone through the things that you've gone through on this planet, um, and some of them have not gone through. You've gone through something that that there's nobody's gone through. That and, only Caesar's and gone he's through. alive. And he's alive, <laughs> right? And yeah, no, um, it's not a recording. Not recording, really, and um, uh, y- y- you know your your story and your experience has affected everybody I know that knows you. Yeah, everybody. It has so much weight and depth. It's such a scary, at times sad. Um, there, there's a lot to that, but the byproduct of it is everybody. When you bring up Caesar's name, is like that dude. You know, like really, really came from here and moved and completely changed his life in so many different ways. I mean, it's so drastic, mm-hmm. Caesar, who I met and who I was dealing with when I first met you and all the changes and seasons you've gone to and have brought you here. And I just don't have a lot of people on the planet that I have that I've witnessed that actually happen. I mean, you're one of the guys that I say to myself, change is fucking possible. Don't tell me people don't change. Dude, you are that guy. Thanks, and I don't care where you're at today, and I don't care what's the... You, I've watched the man that you've become. Um, and so it's kind of like... You Where's, go, where where was the starting point? Yeah. You, well, for real. I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, look, it's straight, straight up. You so, knew you were going to do this. Don't be humble. Know, don't yeah, be yeah. humble. So, so, I mean, look, I... I uh, I grew up in Culver City, so mm-hmm. right next door to, to Santa Monica, Venice, West mm-hmm. L.A. Four Corners. Four Corners. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. West West, baby. West West. And uh, growing up, you know, being involved with gangs, you know, shit happens. You know, people people get hit. People, people uh, get locked up. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens to be you happen to be that person, you know, that gets mm-hmm. hit or gets locked up. And I, <laughs> I was under the impression that. I think I was always under the impression like it's not gonna happen to me type type shit. Yeah, I think we all kind of have that in almost every area of our lives. Even when we drive mm-hmm. and you jump in the car, you're like, "Damn!" You drive by an accident, and you're like, "Well, fuck! It's not me." Right. Yeah. But, but I'm right. still sending a text. But I'm still yeah. Right. And, and right. I'm right. Still right. 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 Text. And I'm texting. I'm still watching a- Mandalorian while yeah, I'm driving. Right. Exactly. And that that's exactly what it was. Same thing. Like I I you know I I heard about like other homies. Getting hit in in uh, in situations that obviously could have been avoided or mm-hmm. shouldn't have happened, you know, and you know that was 
what happened with me, you know, the first time that uh, I got shot, I was 16 and, you know, I was in the Culver City Projects and it was just a, a, a long night of, of doing what we do, running around and, mm -hmm. you know, being being uh being knuckleheads and what is what is a long night of knuckleheadery uh i mean you know when, when you're when you're living that life you're you're spending time out there you're, you're putting in your hours you're you're doing your work you're you're doing whatever it takes to 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 get that badge to get that stripe to get that validation to to without being specific what activities would that be I mean, you don't have to tell on anybody, I mean, like, but like, is it like it ranges from gunplay to 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 robberies? You know, it can be anything from writing on a wall to mm -hmm. writing on someone else's wall. You know, like, right? You know, it could be anything from you know protecting your corner mm -hmm. or you invading know, somebody or, else's. or invading someone else's corner. Anything you know? that makes anybody go, "Wow, did you hear about what?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and look, there's there's a lot of like, there's a lot of degrees of it. Uh, yeah. You know, you you've done jujitsu. There's there's white, purple, black. There's all these different belts, right. and the same right. thing in the hood. There's yep. There's a hood black belt. Yep. There's those dudes that you meet mm -hmm. that you're like, I don't want to fuck mm -hmm. with that person. Right. And you hear the stories, you're like, this guy's been through it. Right. Through it, like he has earned his 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 spot. You he know? bought and, that shit. Yeah, I've met a lot of people like that. And there's mm -hmm. the people that are willing to. And then there's the people that like to, and those yeah. are different motherfuckers. Very different. There's yeah. there's those people that are born for it. Mm -hmm. There are those people that are attracted to it. Mm -hmm. There are those people that kind of want to see what's on the other side. I think everyone kind of has a different way of entering this. Absolutely. This life. Which one are Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I can't really identify with any of them just because because <laughs> <laughs> I just like my sh I was just so all over the place. Like you know when I was young, I was fucking. You know, riding bikes with a group of people. Then I was like break dancing with a group of people. You know, so I always lived somewhat outside of the social norm because, like, my dad was in and out of jail. You know, my house used to get raided. My dad used to go to, he federal prison. You know, in and out of federal prison, in and out of state prison. Like, you know, my mom single. You know, Mexican immigrant, all that. Like, very uh, uh, nice wrapped up. Where'd you get that story. blonde hair then? <laughs> I pay for that. <laughs> yeah. I got a question. Yeah. Like, as you sit here, man, uh -huh. and I think about it, and I think about, you know, we talk about formation of change and where's that happen foundationally and whatever, but, like, I think about you as, like, 16, 18, or whatever, and I think about the nature of your conversations at that time, right. and then at the nature of your conversations today. Like, you know, how, how every day we, we wear more strength armor or deficiencies from yesterday right and depending how we choose and curate ourselves and like and that is really interesting to me because like regardless i mean i don't know anybody that doesn't like you you know what i mean and i know you know people that don't like you but like but like <laughs> i would say that they like a they dislike an old idea of you right. and it's all it's it's some po it's it's some politics shit but the you that's having the conversations that you're having today that's not who's showing up for them when they're thinking, you know what I mean? And right. so like, like how you can never be that again, you know what I mean? Like your evolution has been so transformational. Like speak on that. Like what are the differences of your conversations and ideas between then and now? Oh, wow. 
Get back, get back to yeah. That's good. We're gonna get. We're gonna get there. Bring, bring me, bring me. Like, bring yeah, we want to hear about the dirt. We want to hear about the dirt. Slow the fuck down. Yeah, first we uh, gotta go uh, through the gang. Uh, we go through hell, then we get yeah, to heaven. Well, well, right. well, no, I did go through hell, and I think we all yeah. go through our own personal hells to get sure. to heaven, right? Like, and whatever that idea of heaven may be, right? You know, and, uh, we all want to get to the celestial party at some point, but until then, we're gonna drink our our cups of. Of blood, you know, and uh, and I, I, <laughs> I like the that way you put that. Gruesome, that sounded that actually sounded dope right there, we bro. Have to drink our cups yeah. of blood. We have to drink our cups of blood until we get to the fucking hey, party. Cheers, <laughs> cheers, yeah. Caesar. Not that. people don't understand that reference. <laughs> Celestial. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So, uh, go ahead. So yeah, no, I mean, you know, I got shot when I was sixteen. Uh, I got shot with the AK forty-seven. Uh, How many times were you hit? Six times. I was uh, both my arms, once in the back, three times in the leg. With an AK forty seven. With an AK forty seven. That's dude. I've got. I've got. Uh, I, my dad yeah. purchased one. I've got one in the safe. Yeah. Unbelievable that you're fucking standing here. Talking That's to a me, big dude. fucking caliber, I, I, bro. I was in the motherfucking. I was in. <laughs> I was in the. I was in the creek. Right beyond the projects, and mm -hmm. uh, it was like one in the morning. Something like that. It was like, I think it was like a day or two days after Thanksgiving. It was like super foggy. Oh, you know? shit. So you Black really Friday. See, yeah, so you can't really see what's in front of you. And then we're like walking down the creek, and then we just see like two shadows pop out. It was me and my homie. And we're just like, you see that? And then, you know, in, in the hood, it's kind of a common thing. You say identify yourself, and you start screaming that, you know, identify yourself. And usually, mm -hmm. you know, you, you wait for the homie's response. Hey, it's, it's this person, it's that. And, you know... There was no response, and then after a while, I got. That's when he gets tense, and you're kind of like, "All right," you start throwing up the hood, and like, Sorry. get, you know, get into mm -hmm. that zone, and uh, dudes just started shooting, and um, one dude, you know, chase chase my homie, and and I. Just ended up like thinking, all right, what can I do here? So, you know, I used to hear stories about homies like running down the creek, across the water, and up the other side. But you know, I'm I'm 16 years old, 200 pounds, not very athletic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Haven't you made know. that trip before. Yeah, never have done that before. <laughs> right, right, this is right. a virgin voyage yeah, across the creek. <laughs> this is a very, this is a long shot. Right. But in the face of death, you know, yeah, you gotta do it. Do all sorts of shit in the face <laughs> yeah. of death, boy. And actually, you know what? That idea is probably what saved my life because mm -hmm. what happened was uh, I ended up as I as I go to kind of run down that corner my leg gets shot out and uh i end up hitting the floor and i tumbled all the way to the bottom of the creek you Damn. know so i tumbled all the way to the bottom and i remember hitting the water and then someone just kind of gunshots start kind of railing down my way and uh thank god that i had that idea because that allowed me to roll to the bottom right instead of just falling face flat where the person can just you know right it'd be a lot easier for them so uh so yeah i ended up at the bottom of a creek and when did, <laughs> did did you did you hear it and then feel it i mean was it like dreamlike sequence for a you everything you know everything is just like whoosh and wish and ash and you know, it's just like so fast and yep. da -da -da and screams and you know, I don't know, it's just like just these flashes. When did you notice the pain? 
I was on the I was in the water. I didn't realize I had got shot. Right. 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 I I was in the water and my back. I started feeling my back. I was like, oh my back feels like I landed on a rock. You know, mm-hmm. and then and then my leg felt like it was super mm. heavy. And then my left arm was just like I couldn't pick it up and I went, What the fuck? So you know, it was it was like that that loud silence. Mm-hmm. You know, all the echoes, yeah. the gunshots. It's just like eerie. And then I, I kind of turn over and I start kind of crawling, trying to crawl out the creek. And I get to like the edge, and I'm like, Fuck, I just can't move, and <laughs> and I get stuck. So half my body's <laughs> out the water, the other half is still in the water, and mm-hmm. I'm stuck. In- are you are worried you about a- infection at that point? <laughs> <laughs> Creek water, oh, just fucking. Yeah, but did you? But I were you in the filthiest water ever? Yeah, yeah. it's like no, some bum in L.A. What's the creek in L.A.? Right, some bum water. pissing yeah. on a tire yeah. just upstream. But did you feel pain at the time that you were crawling out? So the the pain started to settle in. It started to kind of like my legs started. To really just like get heavy, heavy, and I was like, "Fuck my leg!" And then my leg, I, my arm, I couldn't pick it up. And then, uh, God damn, randomly. Ah. So I, I, I the you're, cops, hu- you're humorous, broken. That, that, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my, I have a big hole in my left arm, and I was wearing a sweater, so I couldn't see the hole. And then, uh, I just remember the cops uh, uh, seeing them running down the creek, and I grabbed this watch. My watch fell off, and somehow, some way, it was like literally right down there. <laughs> I grabbed it, and I put it up in the air, like you it's know. It's not a total loss. Yeah, like, it was, I, was like, I got my watch. <laughs> like it was shiny, so yeah, they so could see you. Yeah. So they could see me. So I, I did that, and they came down, and of course, they asked me where's my gun, this and that, all the dumb questions mm-hmm. first. Right. Know, not like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, hey, so. are you all right? It was just more like, where's your gun? And uh, anyways. How much blood did you lose? So the the fire the fire people came down. They started taking off my clothes, and I remember they lift up my arm, my left <sighs> arm, and I just look, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Just <sighs> this huge hole, mm. and all I saw was just like red and like this flesh, like tender flesh. It was you could see the bone, like it was right, crazy. Right, 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 Only right, supported right, right. by skin. Only supported by, by skin. skin. And then my leg, I, I didn't, I didn't see the leg. I just felt the leg. <sighs> and literally, they took off, they took off all my clothes. And you're looking at your body? No, I, okay. at this, at this time, I'm just looking in the sky. You're like, like I can't look at that. Right. Why? Well, I couldn't even turn. My, Bam. my body was just like, all my limbs were fucking out, so I couldn't even turn. And I remember just telling them, like, tell my mom I love her, the, all that. Shut up, you're not. Die. They're already telling you that you're not gonna die. They're, they're saying I'm not gonna die. They tell that to people who are but dying. I'm wondering all the time. if they tell that to they do, right? Yeah. They're like, hey, yeah, you're gonna die. Yeah, you're fine. In the like, off chance that they I'm might like, not die. There's a huge chance here <laughs> that I can die. Like, right. I was losing a lot of blood. So for a 16 year old, mm-hmm. right? What is it? What What do you think at 16? Your experience of like, I'm probably, I might, I'm probably gonna die. Like, what did that? I'm do? checking out right now. Yeah, did uh, that? I think that. Just unknowingly left a huge scar on my emotion, emotional stability, as far as like not really having this knowing awareness of life and right and trauma and you know these experiences and the way they all kind of combine together and 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 create like uh, a new way of of being. 
And you ever heard that term, like, who stole your light? Yeah. Yeah. And, and something happened to me after that day. I didn't have that same, I didn't have that same uh, fearlessness that I used to have or ignorance. Right. You know, and, and I remember uh, I was in the hospital for a month and I had all kinds of operations. They were about to take off my leg and luckily that survived and. Fuck, man. All kinds of shit. And, uh, what were your thoughts when you were thinking they might take off crazy. your leg? I didn't. I don't, don't take my leg. you imagine? I can't. Right now to sit and think about and go, this, this is a double amputee. Right. Probably. His leg from the right. knee down and then from the shoulder down on his left arm could easily. Right. Right. And, right. and, and at 16, like it's, yeah. it, I'm not saying you should get your arms cut, but if you're like 60 and you got diabetes, at least you had like 40 years of your life, right? right? 16 double so, amputee. And, and they put me in a room with the guy that just got his, his oh. leg amputated. So, oh. so I could hear him. It's the worst oh. scared straight ever. It's the worst. <laughs> I didn't know what phantom pain was. Right, phantom pain. And, oh. and this dude all night, he's like, my leg, it hurts. My leg, it hurts. Oh. And, I'm just, and they're like, sir, your leg's not here. Dude, your leg, sir, has yeah. been burned up in and a fucking... Insane. And I'm over here waiting on, on the operation. Like, this operation better work. Because what happened was they did an operation, and then they got infected. Oh. They had to take a, a, a muscle out of my rib, put mm -hmm. the muscle in there, and then a skin graft, and cover it. The, the hole is... My like, man's been through it, dude. Yeah, the, the size of the hole is like the size of my forearm, like... Jesus Christ Pretty large You told me They're like You said you're like Yeah they basically Had to sew my foot back on Yeah pretty much They used to stick This big piece of foam In there every morning And it was the worst To clean it out Yeah it was like the gauze It was so big So it was like This big piece of foam They would get Super thick Like a thick steak And they put it on there And then there's a piece of plastic Goes on top And this little tube That sucks air out Right So it just it suck out the air and the foam. Drain it. Yeah, yeah. it go inside it's, the hole. Yeah. Right. Wound but then, back. But then they have to change that. Oh. So you got to re-wound So when oh. they when they pull it out, oh. putting it in like putting the gauzes in, like they used to put like a whole roll in my in my arm. That was, that was like uncomfortable. But the pulling out part when oh. he used to take the foam out. Yeah, break the blood. Dude, you're bringing tears to old blue eyes his eyes. <laughs> Look at him, dude. Dude, good. every time when they have to pull the stitches out, that alone is fucking, uh, you know? Dude, the stitches, out. stitches the fun. Dude, compared crazy. to getting your fucking, that, would it yeah. stick? It, it, it's, oh. it's a hard pull. Uh. So they kind of get you ready for it. They're like, they're like, hey, we're just gonna go for it right that, and kind of like god damn you take your Fuck bike it in it, dude. Oh, i used Caesar. to have a little morphine thing oh I that button was never worn enough. out yeah I love the button I used, people used to come visit me and i just started hitting the button i'm like oh shit what's up beep 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 beep, beep. <laughs> 10 minutes later i heard a lot of you know what I, and i've heard this over and over you know, I got a ricochet in my ankle i caught a ricochet in my ankle so i've I got to tell you i've never been shot shot there okay but I have a lot of friends that I've been, I'm always hearing, I've heard this thing being said by guys that get shot that like after they got shot, when they were recovering, they didn't feel like it's the confidence thing, but they were like, they, they had felt like, a, like um, they had lost something that they had. Like yeah. they, I don't know how to explain what they're describing, but it was touched. like, huh? You got touched. Yeah. yeah like, like they were like, 
before you get shot, you're like, I'm good. You live without an awareness of the weight of your consequences, I would imagine. And then when your consequences are so visceral, yeah, that's yeah. got to change the way you think about everything else you've done. You know what's too, though, true? You know what I'm going to say, though, too, is that Lefke says this one thing about when he got shot his first uh -huh. time. And as he thinks he's <laughs> about to die, he's like, the first thing that dawned on me was, um, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Right. And that was... Like the uh, times yeah. that I've come close to where I thought it was a rap, uh, I was like, damn, this is why so many gang members die. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really do. If yeah. that's what you choose, this is how my end's coming. Yeah. But, Did but, you think that in your head? Cool. Did that cross your mind ever? Because I've heard it said before uh, a couple of times. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, at that age, what, right. what was crossing my mind was a multitude of things. Right, right, you know? right. I'm sure that crossed my mind at some point. But so you I'm, know what? But Big Lep also says that he also said to God, like, look, I know I didn't do everything No, right. absolutely. Yeah, right? he does that whole other part. Right. But I, no, you know what I was just saying? I was just relaying, rely, I was just identifying there. the thought that's come through my head before what about and the, when he said there, it. What about a, our other friend who had a sense of invincibility once he survived the shot? Right. Did you Stop. have that? Did that ever occur to you? Like, <laughs> no, like, no, no, hell no. He yeah, thought he was a magnet after that. He thought he was a magnet. No, like, uh, did you listen about the gods? <laughs> <laughs> I ended up just getting shot again. again? So, yeah, like, you got yeah, shot so, again. Right. So, like, nah, All right. So <laughs> sit, you, you end up you end up in there for a month. Do yeah. you have to learn how to like rewalk and uh, how long is the fucking had, physical therapy after that? Oh yeah, that that uh <laughs> I got out uh my leg was, I was in a wheelchair for a while, and then, you know, cane, and then as soon as I, w I was back on the cane, started walking with the cane, uh, they ended up, I was on probation at the time. Mm -hmm. so, what did it, what did, did you ever do any actual physical rehabilitation? Nah, nah, nobody gave a fuck. No, no, good, nobody yeah. gave a fuck. What they about just, your like, mom? Just go home and fucking figure it out. What yeah. about your mom? How did this affect your mom? Uh, I mean, she was, she was pretty torn over it, but... I think at that time, I don't even remember. I mean, my dad was, I think my dad was locked up that, at that point. So my older brother kind of stepped in to be like the dad. You feel me? And yeah. It was, so it was me, my older brother, my little brother, and then my mom. So I'm not too sure how my mom felt. At that time, I didn't really ask my mom how she felt about anything. I don't think I, right. I I asked my mom how she felt about anything until I was like 24, 25. Yeah. It's interesting, right, right. though, because... Right, right. That's, that's real, dude. Yeah. It is real. It's right. interesting, though, because when you got shot, though, one of the things you wanted the cops to know or the, the firemen to was to tell your mom that I love her. Yeah, you know, I trip out on that all the time because I think about, like, you know, people's last moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sure. everyone always calls for their for their mom or for their dad. Right. Like, they're just... Or God. Or God, you know? It's, it's always, like, my creator. You mm -hmm. always want to go back, creator, take care of me, creator, look out for me, creator, mm -hmm. like, where are you? And I don't know, it kind of reminds me of a, <laughs> randomly, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but that movie Choppy. Uh, is it Choppy? Chappy. 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 The, 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 robot. the robot that the gets self-awareness. Yeah, that gets self-awareness. That's right. And then he asks his creator, he's like, he's like, why did you create me if I'm going to die? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, why? And then you start kind of thinking that, like, why... Are we even born into this like existence of death and like mm -hmm. that we're guaranteed for? And then that's when you start asking yourself all these like ethereal questions, and, like, <laughs> you know, sure. you, you get esoteric and start going outside the box. And maybe that that could have been the introduction to 
to spirituality, but I probably wasn't ready yet. Right. You know? right. Like, right. If right. it doesn't right. matter, I got to make it matter. Yeah. Like and you get into a point of like uh, of creation. You're like, oh, if I could be dead right now and this could be a rap and I've seen other people live to 80. There's a plethora of choices in here of how to do it. Right. Right. And right. maybe I can make different choices but then he got shot again shit but well, the problem is you only is, think of those choices right in the middle part. of the middle of melee well, well, yeah. well see the thing is <laughs> I, I did get shot again and and the, the crazy part is i i think a lot about <laughs> i know i'm kind of jumping around no right come on but man. i think a lot about like uh time versus uh cyclical energy so there's time that kind of passes on. We think that time is like, damn, remember that one time? Remember that one time? Remember that one time when this happened? And sometimes throughout our lives, things might seem somewhat cyclical, right? Like, oh, why am I here in this position again? Right. You know, why am I here in this moment again? And then right. like, it's the combination of different types, choices, choices, yeah. dynamics, and energies that you put yourself in. So. Sure. I don't know. This is a random thought that I came up that I was thinking on, about the other on. day. But like, the reason that they say time don't exist is because there is anything can happen at any moment. It's just a combination of different energies. When you put them together, you get a, a certain type of reaction or response out of it. You yeah. know. So at that time in my life, I was putting different types of energies and sure. dynamics together that would essentially create invite a, invite that situation to happen the, the microcosm you know you know right, what you right, know what's right, interesting right. about what you're saying is is that freud freud sigmund freud dealt with the same thing he at first came up with the pleasure principle because mm -hmm. when he was first trying to figure it out he figured out like everybody just wants to do shit that makes them feel good whether it's right, sex right, right. eat whatever that's what's driving them but the longer he stuck with people and kept talking to them he started to realize that actually they're going against their pleasure principle and he couldn't figure it out. The things that were causing them distress or were getting in the way of their success, they kept repeating. Uh -huh. They kept setting the same conditions up or the energies, as you put it, to recreate the thing that they claim they don't want. Right, right. And that's what he called the death drive. And he had, he, he, that was as far as he got on that. He didn't, he didn't have anything more to say. He couldn't figure out why anybody would do that. Hmm. In your experience... What was it that caused you to set up? Did you think you were setting conditions differently prior and that and that you wouldn't yeah. be led to that? I don't, I don't think when I was uh, mm. <laughs> when I was young, I was aware enough to know what my uh, how my decisions or my ideas were were, were coming into existence mm -hmm. like. I didn't have the foresight nor the fortitude. I, I didn't have the the people around me to to point beyond the the veil, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and to so it so becomes that thing of having cause and consequence being mm -hmm. too separated to notice, and until you get bit by your consequences, right. and they all go back to your causes. That, then you mature a little, but I don't think that happens mm. until you're in your late teens or twenties or maybe ever. Thirties, yeah, yeah maybe ever. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a ever, high right. level kind it, of problem solving. It it, it it wasn't really until like I mean, these last few years where I've I've had like a huge greater transformation than you know in the first few years you know or from when I was young you know even between the ages of you know the first time I got shot to the second time I got shot to to you know 
losing my brother and all, like David got shot, my little brother got shot and he died in my arms. Like a lot of people done got shot, you know, around me. Well, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. A lot of people done. from shit that you didn't think was a big deal. You're like, I got shot in the arm. I was good. Yeah, you, then, you, you know, you, that, that's crazy. Right? That's crazy because so so uh, my brother got shot and passed away and uh, he got shot in his arm. One shot. One he, shot. One shot. Small caliber handgun. He got hit with like a 22 or something and uh, hit him in his artery. Right. And I remember being in the car holding him and I'm just like screaming screaming going 100 miles an hour on the freeway just holding my brother in the back seat just being like i was shot with the ak-47 six times this is nothing snap out of you know like going off just and what he's and he's he fading at that time he was going through like a seizures Man. so i was like holding him and his eyes were just kind of rolling in the back of his head and i'm like it was chaos it was chaos so right. that, that was that was chaos um yeah, that was that. That was a that was a long car car ride. But uh, did he did you did he pass in your arms? When we got to the hospital, he he wasn't moving, and then uh, we put him inside uh, the room, and they let us know like four hours later that he passed away. So I don't really remember. I was I was pretty fucked up. I I, I was. That night I was lit. We were just like, you know, we were, we were at a bar out on the west side, and we left the bar, and you know, at that time I was I was still wilding out, and uh, it's just one of those nights that you happen to run into the, the people you didn't think you're gonna run into, yeah, and um, yeah, it they just it, it it all just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Car pulls up, Mets off shots, think no one got hit, turn around, look at the corner. <laughs> and I, I remember I let my brother borrow my shirt that night. And that was the first thing I saw was my shirt on the floor. And I was like, and I ran over there and everyone's like, chill, 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 get back, get back, get back. My like, ah. going crazy. And finally, someone was just like, grab him. So we picked him up and put him in the back of the car and drove from Santa Monica to UCLA Hospital in Westwood which was a long drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, a few hours later, mm. you know, he passed away. And mm. how, uh, old, how old were you? Uh, I was uh, 22, maybe, 23. He was 21. And, uh, yeah, he was 21. July 7, 2007. Mm. That was a fucking <laughs> crazy year. Uh, wow. And then and then I got I ended up getting shot like uh, two months after that. So, and it was crazy because because your so, poor mother, bro, your mom, bro. Yeah, no, she's been through it. Yeah. Fuck. So then two months after that, I I get shot in the arm. In the same area. In the same arm that I got shot the first time. In the same place, in the left arm, and I'm just like, how, how, how am I getting shot? And my brother got hit one time, mm-hmm. and he passed away. Mm-hmm. So at this point is when these new concepts of life really start to um, what, what's that word I'm looking for? Like sauteing. They start sauteing. They start right. materializing. They right. start like presenting pre- themselves. They start presenting themselves. That's when you get that hint of like, 
why am I still here? So you start asking those why questions, like mm. a survivor's guilt. Not a survivor's guilt. More like what did you? There make must of that? be a reason. Yeah. Oh, cool. What I, did you make of that? I I, I, I I'm I'm I keep my 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 head in the sky a lot. So so I'm just like there must be a reason. There's something I don't know what it is. It's like for some reason, and everything is just. Every everything just sounds insane, right? My 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 brother's nickname was was Little Dopey from the Seven Dwarfs when mm-hmm. he passed away on seven 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 at the age of twenty one, which is seven Three plus sevens. seven plus seven. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I've been shot seven times, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what all this means. And I can sit here and play the numerology game and astrology game, and we could get deep into that stuff, and we could hmm. talk about it all day, and everyone could have their own reasons and their own relationships with numbers and stars and right. times. Yeah. But I have my relationship with that stuff, and I have my relationship that resonates with me, and it sure. started to shine a light from within that was like, time to wake up. And that light, just I started feeding it, and that became bigger, and that gave reason to everything else that happened in my past. Because before, it was just more like, you get shot, you get hit, you do it for the hood, you do it for this, you do it for that. But then after a while, it gets bigger than that. Like, what did what did this really happen for? I mean, the reality is we can go back to death and then be reincarnated and live again. But if we're still here, there must be a reason for us to understand death and to understand life. To be that close to crossing over to the other side, to be yeah. that close mm-hmm. to like going back home, and still being here, it's almost as if I died anyways. <coughs> right. As it's almost as if death did happen and there was a reincarnation and there was that rebirth. And I, I always believe in like the the idea of like we can so be reborn through life over and over and over and over and over. It doesn't you don't have to be shot, you don't have to do drugs, you don't have to do this, you, you know, it's just like it's just a constant everyday newness, you know, it's like Right. If you you if you change your mind, like if you just change your perspective or how you see things, you can become new again. Yeah, and and, and your perspective starts to change when you decide to stand in different places. Oof. Yeah, you know, and it's it's like that, this. That's fucking it, dope. And, and and it's this natural thing that starts to occur. And so so I put myself in all these places I never stood in before. I I I went to places that I never saw before. I started like being open and attentive to hearing things that I might not know what it means. But I'm interested to find out what it is. Right. And when I started doing that, my curiosity for life grew bigger than than my uh, than, than than my sadness over over what happened. When you decided to feed the light, mm-hmm. or it started to occur to you that you were feeding your light. Was there anybody that showed up in your life? Yeah, Tate and Lucky. <laughs> Literally, both these two guys. Well, Lucky was the first one I met. Uh-huh. And actually, he got introduced to me through my through my homie from my hood. Right. And he was like, Big Yo. shout out to Conejo. Yeah, Big Conejo. I love yeah. that guy. That's yeah. like, Conejo actually was there the first time I, I, I got sober. He helped, like, he kept me under his wing. And it was like, come on, let's go. Da, da, da. And then, um, you know, when I was back around it, at it again, you know, he's like, you got to meet Lucky. You're into art. You're into fashion. You're into music. You're like. 
into creative stuff. You got to meet this dude. He has a you know clothing brand. I was like, right. all right, like I, I kind of heard about the infamous Lucky, you know, but yeah. I didn't know who he was. And then also he's from Santa Monica. I was like, I, I don't know. He's from another side of town. This and that. I'm still like new. I'm fresh, you know. And then I met him, and I was like, it's like my fucking uncle right here. Like I, we just literally we 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 met up. We had a conversation, and from that day we hung out like every single day, and. That was the beginning of me really transposing my life, like really hitting different areas and like different notes and different songs, you know, like trying to live to a different tune. And now, let me interrupt you guys. I got to interrupt right there because what I want to say is this, is that lots of different people have been like, I kind of got Caesar turned on to me through a camarada from another neighborhood Uh, that I know. uh, And he's kind of like, hey, man, this kid's at risk. This is kind of the set of things that have happened to him. Mm-hmm. And he needs to get sober if it's only just for court. But he needs to, like, not fuck around. Damn. Maybe you can, like, t- man, he just needs, he, he, and then he said he's really t- sharp. He's really, really, like, he's smarter than all this. Maybe you could show him some different things, you know? Let mm. him, and that's kind of how it was brought. And so immediately, like, he was an artist, though, because he rapped. And he, he was an artist, so he had that artistic creative side to him and as soon as we talked i kind of fed that because that's yeah. who i am creative <laughs> yeah and we start talking about art and this and and you know he really into the music thing and yeah. he knew who was stevan in cartoon and started bringing him around and showing him um what life could be that how much bigger it was than just this neighborhood right we do and and the thing about caesar was that caesar kept on showing up caesar displayed in conversations, how he thought in much larger terms mm. than his. He was already thinking in larger terms. Right. He knew she just needed to be shown, but he was he kept on showing up, and Caesar knew how to act. And you got to remember, too, I'm kind of like rolling in my hood, and there might be a dude that's maybe from an enemy neighborhood, or it might be one of my homeboys. Right. And there were homies right. like looking at me like, this dude ain't even from your neighborhood. What you running with this dude for? Why are you putting this dude on? It was like me and him had a friendship. I was already beyond that that bullshit. You know, I was. I don't want to call it bullshit. I was already. I'd already moved on from the separation, and I was more about bringing the West Siders together. Yeah. And, right. And and you know what? That that's also what I really liked about Lucky was he knew how to like still represent his hometown, still be him, still be that guy yet be absorbed in like the larger picture transcended and yeah it, it was he was the light that i needed from like where i the the point that i was standing in i needed some kind of light and it was that light with an artistic vision and and somewhat prolific and i was like that was the man right there. Like, hey, Steve, how does that make you feel to hear this young man say that? Oh man, it makes me feel great. Oh, because I, I I appreciate his opinion and, and I know his creativity. So he's really talented, but I would bring him places, bro. And this is what I'm saying about Caesar. Like, he would find a way. He, he was looking for the similarities, and I bring him to cartoon. And they start lingoing and talking. And he just knew how to operate with these dudes. Because right. the next thing you know, like, Cartoon's like, hey, where's dude at? Or even my homeboy Termite's like, hey, what's up with Seth? Like, I got, I got homies in my neighborhood who do not like his neighborhood. Don't like his neighborhood. But want to know what's up with him and right. like him. Um, it was just a trip, dude. It was just a trip. And, and, and at the same token, 
I don't know, bro. Through like Conejo, through like a couple of your homeboys, yeah, like yeah. I don't want this to come off wrong. Then I got to be sometimes careful with what I say. But it, there is some type of a connection with a couple of my homies and a couple people from his neighborhood. I don't have that necessarily with some dudes from a couple other neighborhoods in the Four Corners. But there's something about his neighborhood that there are some people that are really close to me from that neighborhood. Right. That I, I like you could say it in terms of when they say I fucks with them, I fucks right. with them or whatever. Yeah. There's dudes from his hood that I really fuck with, you know, that I really care about. Right. And that really care about me. And so... I at times would go kind of through into his hood and I'd fuck with these dudes when really maybe you shouldn't be over there. But I always like didn't trip. Like I, I trusted some of his homies, you know? And, and, and you got to think about this too. At mm -hmm. that time when I was just. Yeah. Uh, this, he was all up in my uh, hood. I, I had to. I had to be there for court. I had to be there for drug court. I had to be there for, for, uh, for counseling, for classes, for rehab, for meetings. Like, all in Santa Monica. All in everything. And literally right next door from the rehab, there used to be a bunch of dudes <laughs> out there. So I'm like. Yeah. What am I going to do? You know, I, I have to hold my head up high and continue right. to just move and, like, right. you know, put my best foot forward. And, you know, obviously there was always times when I'm just like, I don't know what today is going to bring. But, you know, nothing ever, everything always just panned out smooth. What you guys, man, you guys got to remember, man, like, I, listeners, when I'm telling you this story, like, direct, immediate people that I love. Yeah. I don't want to say it like that. Like, we did not get along with this neighborhood, bro. Like, his neighborhood, above all, we had something for that. That that shit was not cool. His neighborhood ain't cool, dude, for us, right? Yeah. That ain't happening. Right. And it was just some some years had passed since some real horrific shit had happened between both right. of our neighborhoods, bro. And nobody had really come and done some shit that these guys did. You know, you know, it was it was really, really, really deep, 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 bro. I, I, and for me to bring him around, but Cornejo, dog, Cornejo, yeah, I gotta yeah, tell. Yeah. And you gotta remember, bro. I'm not gonna put any names together, but let me just explain something to you. Yeah. Ten, twelve years prior, there is a scenario where there is a dude from his area in treatment in Santa Monica trying to hold his head up. And he was murdered. He was murdered. No shit. Nobody cares that you're in treatment or anything like that. And so, and even the guy that introduced us knows about all this, this history. So what I'm trying to get across to you guys is that there was real, real, real history between our neighborhoods. Right. And for him to come over there and, and kind of at least take a chance. And the way it was embraced, this is part of the reason I'm doing the West Los documentary. This is part of the reason I do walk around the West Side. Because I really do have love. For the whole four corners, man. And at the time, I was able to see past this guy's gang colors. And, you know, I bring him and I get him hired on it. Young and reckless. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I introduce Caesar, yeah. five minutes later, a day or two later, people are calling me going, bro. Dude, I love that fucking guy. It started being like one after another. Everything we put him on, he'd blow it up and move forward, move forward, move forward. I'm like... And so I could, man, this guy next thing is running this and production. Like, he just like fell into the cracks and like everybody was pulling on Caesar for a while. How did you meet Uncle Tate? 
So Tate, actually, through Lucky, uh, I think it was, uh, we were hanging out, we probably had coffee or something, and then, I don't, I, I don't really remember, all I remember is the yeah, time know. that you picked me up when I was staying at the Palazzo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was staying at the Palazzo, this was around uh, t- uh, Blondell days. You, you had that other kid that was a rich yeah. kid that wanted yeah. to rap, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they had me staying at the Palazzo to kind of take real care nice, of Real nice, swanky place if yeah. y'all don't know. Like, it's like, <laughs> that's where if you're real fancy. Like Paris Hilton come to town. She went, no, it's maybe not that fancy. <laughs> it's like it was a place that was way outside of I was, my comfortability or, or what I could afford. Definitely out of my – I was still staying at mom's on the couch, you know. So, but now you're at the Palazzo? So, so they're like, yo, we got you want to move into the Palazzo? We got a situation <laughs> for you. I'm like – now Damn. bring it like, like, like the reason that though you're moved into the reason that's happening is because who he like like lux is saying like quickly showed himself to be to everybody is like you're a useful consistent trust solid. trustworthy right you know it's, it's right. solid as an elbow cast you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so then people that this other kid was money to are like we can insulate him, right? Because this guy is so strong that there was something like that, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 And so, dude, listen, it is very much like what he's saying. Yeah. And you, everybody in this room knows me. You've heard me describe other people to yeah, you yeah. that you're right. Yeah. Need to tell you something, yeah, bro. Yeah. He was the right like age in the right place in the right time in the what, right head. That dude, every like guy in their twenties yeah. wanted to meet Caesar, and like if they could align themselves somehow with Caesar, because Caesar was like this great dude who was like had this real past. He had credibility, like real credibility. Right. So all these people like were like, wait, it was Caesar. Caesar hey, I was with Caesar. Hey, they were says, throwing Caesar's name around credibility now with me. Hey, it says. So, so let me ask you a question. When, when... I know your homeboy Caesar. Somebody came up and said that to me. Uh-huh. You know, that dude ain't my homeboy. <laughs> Wait a minute. So when that's happening, uh-huh. right, you're obviously intelligent and wise enough to see right. what's going on. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. What is the experience of that for you? Like, from your perspective, like, you're like, yeah, people want to hook up with me because they know. Uh, uh, uh. You know, um, I think when it, at first it was definitely, uh, it, was just, it was really invigorating. It, it it was what I needed. Uh, I, 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 bro, at 24, I was fucking broken. I was like, I was broken. You know what I'm saying? I was like completely out of shape, overweight. I was, you know, like, I felt like the world was on my shoulders, you know, and didn't know where I was going. Somehow, some way, I always had this little bit of faith, though, in my pocket. I think because just, like, the blessings of being a creative, you can always create some kind of, like, right, better right, future right, for yourself. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. I always had that, like, uh, even, like, when I was in the projects and, like, you know, the worst of the worst, and I, like, there was still that little hope. I'd be like, fuck it, we're gonna go to the studio tonight. Like, I was the guy that, I always had, like, a studio key, so, like, it'd be the, we, we were in the projects, it's, like, two in the morning. I'm like, Y'all, y'all want to go to the studio? And we'd go to the studio all the way across town, 2, 3 in the morning, go fucking make music and be up on You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Somehow, someway, always finagled and finessed some shit like that. Like, yeah. You always had a hope. Yeah, there was always... A hope for a, posit- uh, for a better thing. There was always that. I've uh, Since cool. I was a kid, I've always had that little, like... I just know I'm better than you know. I right, just, right. See, yeah, I think yeah, I, you yeah, know what yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that that's part of awareness, but I also think there's an intelligence because I think 
Like you gotta have something on the ball to know that there's something that could be better, or I am a little there. I could make a. Tr- I could do. I don't know. Be better than this. I don't yeah, know what I, it is yet, but I could. I've never really had that. That uh, that defeating uh. I'm just worthless. I'm not, right. You know, I, that negative voice here has never been that strong. I, I've I've had an insecure voice. I had For a sure. lack of confidence, a, a, a lack of security, but I've never had the lack of, of faith and hope. Well, I've I never would... had the lack of like. Or the removal of it. I've never had the. Right. Re- I've right. always, even in my worst, worst, worst of times, I've always had this this image of of my my life and like the way that it. Sh- it can be. Mm-hmm. That's why I think visualization is so powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, visual. I mean, speaking in terms of today, yeah, no, visual, visualization. I mean, imagine, though, here's the original visualization. He come in and he see that and meet stuff and fuck, here we go. And what a pinnacle of a fucking example to be blessed with. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, you meet Steve Luciano. It's an event. And, it is, and it, and it's and 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 it's it li- is. and it's life changing, uh, from for I probably, for probably most of the people that that, that Lucky Aww. meets, and yeah. um, and and to have an example, out of a neighborhood, like Lucky and the way that he's moving, when Little C's comes in and 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 and, and is like, here's this different world than the projects, right? Right, and he's got a guy that knows the projects. That's also showing them. Here's these guys you see on TV that have these. Here's yeah, this, yeah, they, yeah. this streetwear brand. Here's dudes that have lived a little ragged life that are doing some cool shit. And it's like, what a better way to say, hey, here's a way out of the hood where you can still stay true to everything that you are and you've been. And you can shine brighter in, 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 a, in, a, in a safer, more magnificent way that you can be a lighthouse for others. I mean, that what? tell me there ain't God when, when, when a guy like Lucky and a guy like Caesar come together. At like, the right time. And, and let me tell you something else. There was another guy who was overweight and young <laughs> who was looking for some kind of leadership. And he was down on his luck. He hadn't gone to law school, had fucked everything up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Was wearing baggy clothes to try to act like he was hip hop because he was fat. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Who came up into a weird building and saw a big Latin dude with a push broom mustache. <laughs> True story. Get up and he said, and was the biggest, scariest dude in the room with a lot of tattoos. And he said, nothing changes if nothing changes, bro. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know what it was in my little squishy body fucking life, but I knew that I had to put my hand out to that dude and ask him for help. And to big Lux, considerable credit he shook my hand and he said and he said i will help you and you did for years bro years yeah lux helps a lot of people you guys helped me no i got more out of this whole thing from him i got more out of i got more out of my relationship i got more from these guys than you guys did from me it's 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 actually kind of funny to think so for this trifecta right here right. was yeah. the beginning for me. Right. 
also. So these two men play like a huge part in my in my life. You know what I want to yeah. say about that too is that you might not know because we got I don't know it's it been how many years since I even seen you in physical face right, right. been in a room with you it's been a minute yeah but the fact <laughs> is is that I mean I know this is is got to be true for Steve too is that that like. Wherever you are out in the fucking flirting around, doing your thing, whatever the fucking uh, this expression that is like, you got to know that there's 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 guidelines of love that come out of our chest and connect you and that hold you down wherever you're at, man, and that that love you and that got that kind of energy for you and that know who you are, right? You know, and I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I get out of knowing people for decades, or is that like, yeah, we we see. We can see each other in a way that other people maybe can't, and uh, and and I don't know. I just want you to always know your love like that. Wow. You know, I love that. Hey, sees huh. because I got a lot of experience with being an overweight dude before. All right, <laughs> I know what that's like. Uh-huh. I was a fat kid. It's not easy. Yeah. That's a hard fucking road to hoe, bro. Yeah, for a man. Uh huh. What is it like when both you... of you guys did that? Both of you guys it... got into extreme shape after being heavy. Both Listen. What did it, what it, what was it, you know what, because to me, like, a lot of real strength is being 24, broke, like you said, overweight, and still having hope, and showing up at the Palazzo, Hmm. right, and trying to do your fucking thing, (laughs) having, you know, Tate and these other, these guys who are men now, right, like, I don't know how you viewed them, but, like, you know, I view these guys as, like, actual experienced men, right, what, just what was the internal experience for you going through all this and still t- walking through the doors? Did you have insecurities? Like, what did you feel? Uh, uh, I think I was uh, I was like a kid again, honestly. And it's funny because I'm cool. I'm 36 now, and I feel like I'm 26. This is weird, odd thing. So when I, it's almost like I I lost 10 years. Uh, I feel like I'm 10 years. You know, like, because I don't know when when I really started to like surround myself by by guys like Lux and, and Tate and you know everything else that came around it. Uh, that experience was something I've never experienced before. You right. know, so it was all new. Right. So so every turn was was like a new reality for me, and I. <laughs> I still remember uh, going to Starbucks with Lux on Robertson and Beverly and, <laughs> and looking around and being like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> you know, and just literally just being like, "Where are I've never been here before. Right. And right. I passed that Starbucks so many times now. Don't even flinch. But at one point, I was sitting there like – how the fuck did I get all the way over here? The first time I walked into Whole Foods, you know, the the, the, the first time that I, 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 I can sit around with people like Lux and and Termite and and Tate and have a cup of coffee and just talk about life and experiences and history and you know and what we've been through and then being able to kind of find. A different perspective on it, so we can create new realities with it. You know, it. I, I think the experience was uh, 
it felt harmonizing if anything it just felt like genuine it felt real it didn't it didn't feel forced nothing ever felt uh contrived or or convoluted you know it always felt real it always felt like this is part of my my experience and where i'm supposed to be going like mm-hmm. when i hung out with with tate and lux like it always felt like this is what i'm supposed to be doing and this is part of the 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 uh the future do you think part of it, like you feel helpless for a while when you're a kid you know like you, you, if you got problems what, what let's say take food and weight it's like you know you feel like shit man once I open up the bag of chips, I'm going to see the bottom of the bag of chips. You know, that's a foregone conclusion. You already right. know I don't have control over right. it and all, all that kind of stuff. And I, I remember distinctly sitting in the, in, in, in the back uh, log cabin or something. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. And we're talking about diet, and you're saying, well, what about, the, and, you, and, and, and whatever, I don't remember the specifics, except that you were so, you needed to know all the different points of what about this, what about that? And I'm like, all I remember is going, I know, listen, do it 100% solid and yeah. do it for four weeks. And yeah. you're going to have a result, and then we'll talk yeah. about it then, or whatever. Yeah. Like, or here's a book, or or whatever. But it's like the fervor and the excitement that you had to adopt new things, and and the ability to go, oh, there's so much I don't know about your mm-hmm. your curiosity. Yes. I think is the thing that's your super fucking power. Yeah, you know, you that's- go into you you dive into something and you go deep on <laughs> shit, bro. So, so literally, that's funny because I'm thinking about like what I'm in right now. Uh-huh. You know, and it's just like my curiosity is literally propelling me through my new venture and new life. Like, what is the I, venture? I, 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 before we get, you know what? Mm. I want to say something because, right? I got up to take a piss, but there was something that really important that I just thought of right now with you. And when you fir- when I first met, when I first met Caesar, okay, uh. in his head, there's a solution. To his life that he's been sold, which many people have been sold. Mm. And that was that Caesar needed to change from being a Chicano Mm. to something else. He needed to clean up and change his act to fit into society. Right. This concept, okay? And I remember very clearly because I'm anti that. I'm not going (laughs) to fucking change. Like... People are going to see it my way. Yeah. They'll learn to work with me on my terms. Right. And what I wanted to show him at that time was I wanted to show him, hey, bro, me and my home, we ain't changed shit except that we don't fucking, we're not active in that. Right. But I am not changed. I'm still me. Right. Tunes is still tunes. Estella, but we're doing this. 
You can still. That's what I was trying to. I was trying to explain to him that you're at, like, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to change. You can create your thing and right. bring it the way you are. Right. You just don't need to be doing this shit anymore. Right. You can take what was yeah. what was handed to you and leave something, but that doesn't mean you have to leave everything. No. And and, and I think that's what I was trying to pitch to Caesar was like he hmm. can still be about this. In a different type of a way. Doesn't mean you have to do fucked up shit or go to jail right. or be in prison. But you can still, and it offered him, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, you don't need to change. Right. It's the things you're doing that you need to change. Right, but right. you don't have to change. And he got that. Yeah. He understood that. And luckily enough, I had some guys that were much big personalities than me. Yeah. Stamina Cartoon. And I really felt like we were like the, the billboard for... Bro, you don't. You, you can yeah. still be that motherfucker because people think you know. And he understood that, okay? Right. He understood that. I remember the mm -hmm. interesting thing: if you're living raw, kind of like it, and reflexively to whatever the shit is that happens to you, and then you react and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's one way of living, but it's like when when it got put on me and goes, "Well, you got to fucking, uh, you know, you got to be different." Every idea you had is is a bad idea. That brought you to where you're at right now. Tate. That's not true. And 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 the thing is that the 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 sad part about that is that like that forgoes all the strength mm -hmm. that right. every one of the mountains you climbed up into that point right. gave right. you. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You still got all those fucking legs yep. and all those little things infused you with the fervor and the ideas and the honor or not or whatever it is that made you you know. And that whole thing of hanging on to the the goods of the framework. Right. But. But adjusting the compass, yeah, right. you know, like that's such a big course of of our lives. You know? It is. What do you want to say? Oh, shit, I forgot. You want me to take her out? <laughs> My dog's going crazy. Hey, um, pee in the middle of the yeah. room. What, Sean? You've just listened to an alpha male roundtable. Mm -hmm. And you're an alpha male. What is? <laughs> Maybe she doesn't want to go. What is? Like, what are you? What are you taking away from this? Like, what's going on through your mind, Sean, when you're listening to Caesar and Tate and Big Steve? Everybody's talking about taking C's and trying to help him do this and that and where he was. Man, I just think what a blessing it is to to come into the energies that you need in life. You know what I mean? Like to finally find something that's like the answer that you're looking for. Right. Um, you know, that's, you know. Do you have, I'm actually curious now because <laughs> what we just heard, I'm not trying to go somewhere, but I'm just saying, Steve basically said like, look, you can be this and you can not do that. And Tate's saying the same thing. He's like, you just make a slight adjustment. Is this resonating? Like, do you have a piece of you that you feel like needs to change or that you're like, oh, I'm just going to do a, a, a slight twist or does any of that like applicable to you? I mean, yeah, ab absolutely. What? I mean, you know, I'd love to be, uh, you know, on top of my shit all the time. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just no, seriously. Just what? Like, I mean, a lot, a lot. What's the primary <laughs> thing that you want? <laughs> Why is this funny? I'm trying to. I don't, because his answers are funny. Oh. A lot, a lot. He said it. No, what's a primary thing? Like, you're listening. Dude, Tate just got done, like, bearing his soul and saying, like, fuck, man. And, 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 
and sees, and I'm saying to you. Sees is in tears. And what do you got no, to no, say, no. goddamn? Sees it. got shot up and he rolled down a hill. Yeah, right. Goddamn. No, How about but, you? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I've never been shot. No, 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 no. What happened to you? No, let's not, huh? let's not make a mockery of this. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious, though. He's like, getting pissed now. <laughs> no, he's he gets pissed <laughs> easy, bro. No, no. I want to know, like, what's a primary thing that you're listening to this and you're thinking, fuck, if the right energy showed up. I mean, how do you know that me and Steve and Tate aren't the right energy? And for stop you? clenching your fist, bro. No. Nobody's <laughs> having a fight here. No, bro. no, seriously. What no, is... you know, sometimes I think, you know, with the right. What... I'm laughing because Tate's laughing. Just like, the right. I'm, th- I'm saying with the right um, personality, like a, maybe I've, I've missed out on an experience or mm. an opportunity because my, you know, I wasn't, you know, more assertive. Or, or maybe the right people weren't around or, or something, more, right? Yeah, right, right. or maybe I wasn't misunderstood. Or maybe my energy was off or something like that. See, that's why I was asking because I feel like Sean is like a really talented dude. Like, I, I mean, Sean didn't end up. Let me just tell you something, dude. Go ahead. Sean may say that. Right. He may say that. Right. Say what? But what? Wait. Wait, go ahead. Hey. Oh, maybe Wait. and things didn't, and I huh. maybe right. But what room did you end up in? That's true. That's true. You didn't end up here by mistake. Dude. That's right. true. And you didn't end up in the room with these dudes, and with me and Shumahan right. as partners. That's true. That is true. You somehow finagled your way into this motherfucking podcast. You, know, you, you somehow, but you somehow, your energy, right? Right. Your energy and what you were listening and what you were attracted to aligned you right here. Yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily, you got here maybe different footsteps. They might look different than his. Right. But something pulled you. No, nah, that's a right deep now. insight. What are you taking away from what he said? Like, I hear that. I hear that. And that's, what are you taking away from what he like, just I'm said. I'm just consumed with my own shit right now. That's all right. And that's I mean, all right. I got hey, something. Yeah. You want to know something? You want to know something? You know, Sean, and you've had, quite a, you've had quite a walk in your life, and you've shared some things, but why is it that there's 7 billion people? Yeah. I mean, like, there's fucking so many people that will never, ever, ever have crossed paths or had a conversation with Chumon. Yeah. Which I think is fucking, he's one of the biggest gifts to the fucking planet, Oh, that's so sweet, man. <laughs> Dude, get, to meet a guy like this in your life, yeah. Take, and, yeah. and to, for him to share at the level he's sharing with what's going on yeah. now and who he is, yeah, like this guy, and then Caesar, man, like what Caesar's been through. It's it's just like a Lepke, too. It's like, How many why people you get, get to be yeah. here and cross paths and hear all the, now what is it that I'm to gather from all these amazing men around me? There's something that I'm getting to get if I'm awake. No, right. you know what? Get all this. What I'm taking from what you're saying, especially in Applepool to all of us, but also to Sean, is that I wanted him to understand uh, or at least feel. Because sometimes I feel like Sean feels like an outsider a little bit. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, because I, I think Sean sometimes feels like an outsider because Sean's listening to the, the stories of what happened. And they're very different than what his that's part of it. That's part of it. Yes. And I think though But like he doesn't see that he's here too. Yeah. <laughs> Having those same experiences. But isn't that, isn't that part of them. being a producer? Isn't it kind of weird? Because you're kind of quiet in the back. Also, there's that uh you, you ride a line that is seems difficult from where I'm looking anyway, you know, because you've got these responsibilities, but then you, also Tate. be in, in a in a 
No personality <laughs> expression that's a certain way or something. And well, that also, but also, I also, I think I weigh my past experiences with everybody else, and I haven't been so through the you same judge shit. Yourself with it. Well, I just haven't been through the same shit that everybody else has been right, through. Right, right, right. But nobody has been through all the same shit, right? And it's like yeah. what you develop out of your – everybody's got their own – what, what, what do I have to walk over? I, right? I, you know? I, I feel like uh, like everything in life has signals, and there's certain signals that, that, we, uh, that we receive, and there's cer- certain signals that we output. And so sometimes we can, like, connect into some kind of conversation, connect into some kind of uh, – uh, situation because we have a relationship with with the dynamics of that of that situation, but if we don't, it feels foreign. It can feel foreign. It can feel distant, and you kind of like start looking at it as as a viewer instead mm-hmm. of being engrossed in the process. So, super random thought, but yesterday I was thinking to myself, you know, what is your infatuation with the Mona Lisa? Like if I asked anybody in this room, like what what is your infatuation with the Mona Lisa? Like what what makes the Mona Lisa so special? That's interesting. Everybody That's, would everyone, have a different reason, and no, and, right? Because yeah. some people's reason will be, well, everyone else says it's historic and it's an important figure, so <laughs> that's why I think it's so important. Maybe it was really only as important to the people that were around at that time because it was so revolutionary at to that have, time. A painting like that at that time right but today paintings like that are a dime a dozen right right so i think there's this certain type of uh relationship that you can have with experiences and when you have a relationship that kind of hits home with you you can get up a little closer and really understand why you mm-hmm. appreciate that like if if I'm a painter that paints for hours and hours and hours and hours, and then I'm like looking at the Mona Lisa and knowing that that the, that that's one of the first paintings at that time, it's like wow, what was going through that person's mind? Like look at those look at those lines, look at those colors. How do you even understand how to bring those colors and that depth to life? But if I'm not into art like that and I'm just a fucking viewer, I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's cool. Cool, how, man. How, like, how, I respect it, but how are you applying? How are you applying that to what you were observing about Sean? So I, I'm what I'm saying is Sean seems to just be like fully immersed in the conversation as a listener, as as a as like a not not a spectator, mm. but as mm. as a viewer that can start to slowly understand through other people's experiences, mm. but mm. doesn't have the same you know that same signal that trauma signal, you know when when. When a, a firework goes off in this room, me and Lux will probably be the first one, and, 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 and tell you we're, we're we're the first. You know, we're we're gonna be like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Someone else will be like, there's a firework. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking gunshot. Mm-hmm. Right. You but know. See, so it's just my relationship with different types of signals have different types of outcomes, and I don't know. That's the way that I, I'm viewing it. Is Sean, that? Yeah. What, what's your response to that? That's it. I I agree with him. For sure. I, I like that too. And I think on top of that is also that a friend of mine put on me the other morning. We had coffee and he goes, he goes, uh, he was tra- we were talking about another friend in common. He goes, he's a, he's a ex- extroverted processor. And I never heard that term before. And he goes, and I'm more of an introverted processor. Mm. And, and he says, meaning that I like to take things in. I like to think about them. I like to think about very specifically about here's the formula that I'm going to present from this idea and, and I've right. picked all the words very carefully and, and he goes, but like, you know, Ben is a extroverted uh, 
processor and he talks it out and he's figuring out as, as he's he bouncing out here, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right? And I never thought about, and then I started thinking about all my friends and I go, we're all kind of in one or the other right. of those right. kinds of yeah. camps of how we access and kind of uh, let that information wash on us. There's also the relationship to, to anything is everything. You know, yes, it is because your your relationship will, will dictate your experience with it. Right. So, hmm. I, uh, <laughs> so recently I've been listening to Grateful Dead a lot. Yeah, I okay. can't believe this I, is where this is going. Wow! <laughs> so <laughs> right, so turn. I've ne- I I've tried listening to the Grateful Dead before. right. Multiple times, right? You know, and I ripple on still water. <laughs> okay, so broken palace. You know, um, <laughs> they're speaking in deadhead uh, code. Yeah, bro. For all the <laughs> listeners at I home, they're speaking that, in right. deadhead code. I could go down my. <laughs> Steve my has a quizzical look on his face. I don't like him. I Steve mean, doesn't palace. understand what's being said. There, there's so many good songs. I mean, they it just goes but, on. But, but, but so, music so, so is I'm like saying, that. So what I'm saying, though, yeah, but not just music is because. Grateful Dead, there's genetics in the music of the Grateful Dead. If you think about what the Grateful Dead represent, they represent a psychedelic, you know, free love type type world. You know, when when the 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 Dead was around, that's when you know in in the '60s when psychedelics became a very public thing and it escaped the lab, as they say, you know, and made it to the streets. And Grateful Dead was the soundtrack to that to that. Exploration. Did life. you ever see that documentary about the Grateful Dead? There was a series, and mm. they really went deep. And I watched it. And I was never a Deadhead fan. Like I, like I'm kind of in Steve's camp for a while. But then I watched the documentary in the series. And one of the things that the Dead, instead of going into recording albums the same way like everybody else was way before now. They were into these live performances, yeah, yeah. right? And they would encourage their their fans to come and bring whatever recording instruments you, oh, like yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. Go ahead, and then they would play like you know different places, and it would be the same song, but it have a different expression. They were like the mixtapes that we saw in hip hop. That's what Deadheads were doing yep. with all their music yep. back then, and nobody was seen as like, oh, you put out a mixtape. That's piracy. We're going to put you in prison, right. which is what it's become right. now. But like, it was like sharing that, the gospel. That prophecy, that that piracy or whatever, was this gospel that it's like right. this is what feeds and 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 colors and guides the energy of our community, right? Of which the Grateful Dead had a community of uh, yeah, thousands of people community. that would follow thousands. them from city to they would do it all year. These crazy Make the juggalos look like a little camp group, right? And here's totally. the thing. And and p- certain like songs and certain dates became famous amongst the group. Like you know, they would know like, oh, that song in like July of '68. That's the best. That song, whatever, right? Right, right. Long before where we've entered the stage now, where live performance and trying to get your message out there for free as much as you can is what actually generates like the the. Uh, and so they became this monolith because they were giving it away. They were allowing people to come and take it and share. And it was a whole ecosystem. So, I used to get my acid from a dude that would follow the dead around, and he would send it in UPS from Berkeley or wherever he was, and he would send me books of acid through the mail. Right. And um, but it was always outside. I mean that that was the source was those tents those deadhead things they that was a that was a traveling circus of For real. whatever you wanted anthropologists crazy, studied it crazy. because it was such an it was such a microcosm of like a, a tribalism that was different a different way of uh, social cohesion in the mm-hmm. united states think about capitalist united states even in the 60s man 
think about capitalist United States, right? Like, think about just making money and Nixon and blah, blah, blah. And then at the same time, you have this, like, well, beautiful movement. Uh, well, 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 see, that that's the thing. I don't think about any of that because I'm, <laughs> I fucking grew up in, in L.A. on the west side involved with gangs and, you know, Chicano history. Right. And, so Grateful Dead for me and everything you guys are talking about right now is extremely foreign. To right, me. different. Right, right, right. 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 Unless you do psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless you un, you you partake <laughs> in right. the community. And I I ended up taking some psychedelics and listening what kind? to what kind? What uh, kind? Mushrooms. Okay. And I did a heroic dose. What's a heroic dose? Uh, five grams or more that are dry. I did about four, yeah, four and a half four grams. grams. All right. By myself. And I was like, I'm having this experience with the Grateful Dead. And my, my buddy was like, have a different experience. Have something. And I was like, I don't listen to the Grateful Dead. I don't know anything about them. I don't listen to them. They're like. Where are you when you, this happened? Uh, your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, in, I was indoors. I was like, indoors. I was like, having just uh, I want a personal trip. What what did he play for you? So so basically he's he sent me uh, a link. He sent me Workman's uh collection nineteen sixty nine in Chicago. It was the Chicago collection and uh something like so I and and which I was like, What is this? This is a live thing. He's like yeah, bro songs will go on for twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, I was like, these songs will go on forever. <laughs> I was like, What's going on here? This music's all over. I was like, I can't trip to this. This is too much. This is too this there's too much going on. And he's like, Give it a different experience, try something different. I'm like, All right. My whole I love the Grateful Dead now. I love, I understand it. I get it. I know what they're doing. I see it. There's genetics. There's life. There's messages. They take you on these trips. They they guide you. They bring you back home. They, they, they take you through the chaos, but they keep you safe and they keep you guarded. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's what the Grateful Dead wow. was doing. I didn't know that there was all these key little messages that they were dropping in to their music and that... They weren't just, they weren't creating lyrics. They were creating an environment. They were creating a, a, a movement. They were creating like this, 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 uh, this safe place where you can let go of everything and just be completely free of all the, the, the uh, ideologies and, perimeters and, and culture and, 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 and parameters. Yeah, and all, all that like... Yeah, Grateful Dead. I'm I'm new. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like yeah, I fucking know him like the back of my hand. I don't. I just literally got into it. But the reason I bring this up is, it was me being willing to 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 cross to to cross the curtain to to go over to the other side to 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 pierce the veil, you know. And if I hadn't have done that, I'd sit here and be like, who's the Grateful Dead? Right, or I'd sit here and just talk about it anatomically and be like, "Oh, Grateful Dead, great band, yeah." Heard about them, Jerry Garcia, toured all around the world, and talk about the facts. Right, right. But now I could talk about the actual experience. 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 Yeah. That's, that's like that's like, that's like in Goodwill Hunting when 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 um uh when the doctor says to the young man. I bet you you could tell me everything about Michelangelo, uh-huh. what he painted, how he painted. But you know what? I was able to go to sleep at night because I realized you don't know what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. Mm. You don't have the experience of being there to take it all in. 
experience. Do you are you getting what Sess is telling you, uh, Sean? <laughs> that I should listen to the Grateful Dead and trip <laughs> on mushrooms. <laughs> and trip yeah. mushrooms. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was that Jimi Hendrix line. He goes, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Have you ever? But like that kind of thing. I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid growing up and I was like, you know, when we found different trips, like we're like, either, either dude was a tripper or he wasn't. And if people weren't, if you weren't somebody that had done blotter acid or mushrooms or microdot or whatever, like you thought, we knew you thought in that old way. You're like a cardboard box. People that had fucking done other, you're like, but bang, your mind is brighter in a different way. And you look at life a little looser, a little fuller with a broader scope and understanding of everything. So you don't make weirder, paranoid, fear-based decisions. There was all that. And we knew that as 13 year olds. Mm. But like, it, it, I mean, that, that experience it, that you're talking about, it, it brings but, me back to that idea. But that, 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 that's the same thing that brings guys like us together because yeah. we can sit in a room you guys have been through way more than I have. I don't know and that we can say that. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, by okay, then then by age. There's a lot of weight in here. <laughs> okay. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, historical you, weight. You you guys have been through some some experiences that I've never been through. And you've been through experiences yeah. we haven't been through. But we're able to to have these conversations and talk about everything in a way where it doesn't. Uh, or it doesn't hold us. Well, for me, what's unifying is that there's these touchstones that draw us all together. Right. But like the inspiration and empowerment that I can get from your experience, that's what I've been sitting here laying back with for the last hour is like going, um, you know, is how much I gain from all those perspectives. So when you got people that you love and trust that come together and they start spitting their road, what that's been, you, there's so much that I can adopt from that that helps me, man. It's been real valuable. But this is the reason why I bring old Blue Eyes in the conversation from time to time. Because I think he does, I do think you have a sense of a spectator a little bit, right? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, and I try, man, I want you to see that you're in it. Like you're actually a part of it. I really appreciate that. Honestly. I honestly do. Uh, sometimes I feel like I got to like just hug you into it, and then sometimes I feel like I just got to punch you in the chest and pull you right feel, in. But he here, he, he's here. He's, Maybe you could jerk him off. <laughs> I don't know why, why Steve is so always mean. Kiss him on the neck and jerk <laughs> him off. Steve's always got pants down in the It's a little center. gesture we can go that'll make you feel comfortable. What's it off, Austin? Right. Because I'm a gentleman. My hand's nice and smooth now. Okay, thank you very much. I jerked the homie off. Yeah. Caesar, yeah. <laughs> so, sees I, I can, I tell you, this, this is one thing I do want to say. As, as, you know, as we're kind of wrapping or moving towards that direction, <laughs> you know, um, there's a, there's a, there's a lifestyle, there's a culture and a lifestyle in California. It's gang culture, and I certainly was sold and bought into that culture for a while, um, and. It's very different than anywhere else in the world. What, what kind of what goes on and what we do, and, you know. And I'm talking about the hood shit. I know how volatile that dynamic and that lifestyle is. Three things are going to happen: you're going to prison, you're going to die, or you're going to get shot. You know? And in that are some other things where you may have to take things that you don't make it out of that. Very few people make it out of that hot. 
of an environment. OD, die, prison. Or haven't played themselves ratted on the whole neighborhood. Right. Done this, sure. Know, right, right. It's like right. the, the a majority, lot of mistakes to make. Right. Wow. There's a lot, bro. And one of those things usually are going to get you. Yeah. One of them. Just one of them is going to get you. Right. And very few can make it out of that, man. Very few people can ever get away from the cycle long enough to rebuild a life. Right. And I feel like Caesar. I feel like you're really one of those guys, man. A, a lot of it has to do with not the act of getting away, but the act of finding and being and just like really starting to understand what points in life are my points. You know, yeah. What, what points am I gonna am I gonna hit? and watch flourish you know and those points used to be so different back then it's like oh i gotta hit that point i gotta make sure that this gets done that gets off the list or whose respect you want exactly it's different right? exactly like the, it's, yeah. it's a very different world there's a lot of different points you're, you're living by a very different system you know and i think we all live by some kind of system within within our own minds you For know sure. we all have different things that are important to us you know we we have whether it's um you know, providing for a family or providing for a business or providing for a home or or, all or your own purpose, you know, finding, you know, really uh, uh, executing on that one great idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the point I was trying to make was that I found I created different points. I found different interests. I found different um ideas and ways of living that interested me and that really felt grounded to me and i started to move towards those things so as i got busy moving towards it the other things naturally moved away you know i didn't have to push anything away and you know i think that's sometimes a struggle with things it's like the push you know people i think also you know, it's interesting that you thought it was available to you because there's no signs of your upbringing that show that there's any other kind of life that's available to you except what you're seeing. Yeah. And so that idea that you could have a different life was, did you always know you could have a different, I mean, yeah, I, you said you had like yeah, a hope. There, there was, there was always like this, it, it, it's like looking at the, uh, what's, what's the little star in the sky? That the, like, North star? the North star? I mean, it's a it, weird thing it, when you go out die for these streets. Yeah, and then also have the same thought in your head. I'm better than these fucking streets. I, I, there's more to this for me than these. You know, like to have both those occurring at once is fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. Uh, that that speaking in those terms, like where that hope or or that that little jewel in the sky came from, I don't know. I don't know how it all appeared. Yeah. What is what is your most unlikely hero or? Somebody that you look up to, given from like what people expect from your past, uh -huh. what people expect. But what now, when you look now, what is the most unlikely thing that you're like, or person, or whatever that you look up to? I mean, it's probably everything that I do. Grateful Dead. <laughs> the Grateful <laughs> Dead. I mean, what else? Uh, you know, ch chanting Oh Nama Shivaya. Coloring your hair. Yeah, like, fucking... you know, coloring my hair. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Judging re, people re, on the content of their character rather than where they're from. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, do you have an artist that you look at that you go, man, that to me is the highest of high? I, I think I look at more uh, when when I look at like philosophers. I think about uh, you know, teachers and like 
um, speakers. You know, I, I listen to a lot of uh, Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna, and then I Ram Dass. Uh, you know, I go into that kind of stuff. Then you know, the Stoics. You know, like uh, Marcus Aurelius and and Zeno, yeah. and yeah. and um, you know, then you go into like Aristotle and bring go back to psychology, like Carl Jung and and. Uh, 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 Nietzsche and uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, and and you know, like exploring all the different ideas of what life is, and exploring these different minds, yeah, has helped me assemble my own little household of thoughts. You, you know? like and, that? Like, yeah, I love that. But no, because I, Tate, you listen to. I mean, you were kind of like into Jack Cornfield and Ram Dass and some of those dudes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, me, yeah, me and Tate course. go, go. Me and Tate go hard. Yeah, that's why. That's one of the, the yeah. things that brought us together was we sit here and we talk about all these people and their ideas all day. Like, uh, I think I read The Alchemist, or no, 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 no. I want. That was before you went on that trip. I went. I was gonna. I wanted to go on a trip, and then Tate's like, "You should go on the trip." I was like, "I can't go on the trip." He's like, "Why can't you go on the trip?" <laughs> He's like, yeah, why can't you? I was like, well, it's a I, big trip too. This is a kid from Culver City. Right. He's gonna go overseas, and he's gonna go somewhere yeah. like it's crazy. I, I've never been overseas before, and yeah. I, I didn't even have a passport. And I was like, I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to go to Germany for the CrossFit Games. I was really deep into CrossFit at the time. And yeah, Tate was like deep, knew everything and everyone. And right. I was like, Tate, I want to go to fucking, I want to go to the CrossFit Games in Germany. How sick would that be? He's like, Why don't you go, dude? I'm like, right. I can't do it, man. He's like, why now? I was like, bro, I got to get a passport. I need this. He's like, sounds like you could. Yeah, he's like, sounds like they're just things you got to get done. Right. (laughs) And then uh, Tate helped me find a way. He gave me a gift. He's like, go figure it out. You know, I was like, really? He's like, yes. And And then then, the thing that surprised me is that he actually fucking did. And then I did. And that's the amazing thing about is that I met uh, 10,000 guys. That start off that look just like (laughs) 10,000 guys. Yep. Not one of them had sneakers tied up. Not one of them had any legs to go anywhere. Right. But fucking, you'd put shit like that to, I mean, that's the crazy thing about coaching people or whatever is like, you give a scrap to somebody and watch what they do with it. Right. Oh, fuck. And then you go, we got a different kind of person here. Right. that, that, so did, you went to Germany, right? I, well, I went to Germany and Paris. And so then, uh, what was it like for you to I, go to Germany, I, bro? I actually have a, uh, I have this notebook that I still have from the trip. So I went out there by myself. I spent two days in Germany and then five days in Paris. Another friend of mine helped me extend the trip. He's like, you should actually stay out there a few days longer. Yeah. So he gave me a gift as well. Okay. And then he was also like, stay out there. People were just like, hold on. I don't know what it was. People wanted me to see the world. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Culver City. Uh, All right. Fucking, you thought going to fucking Starbucks and Pico was like, like, (laughs) right? That was like traveling. Yeah. How did I get all the way over here, God? Yeah. (laughs) But then, right? Yeah. How long? You're on a flight by yourself. Reading the Alchemist. Reading the Alchemist. You <laughs> must have really been oh, like, yeah. man, my yeah, that trip was <laughs> your mom must have been yeah. blown. Yeah. yeah. That was better than any psychedelic trip I've ever <laughs> had. You know what I'm saying? Being on the plane for the first time. Yeah. Reading the Alchemist. Right. Like never using a passport, watching that first stamp hit the passport. Right. Like, being, like you saw being lost. 
I was out there. I had a uh, at that time I had an Android phone that kept dying on me. <laughs> there was no Google Maps or uh, nothing like, or maybe yeah. there was, but I don't know. But right. literally, I just had to use a piece of paper and a pen for everything. <laughs> and I wasn't like out there balling, you know. I was like just fucking just making it happen however I can. Fuck you know? if so, I if I could survive the shoots of Los Angeles, that, I can handle that, Frankfurt. That, low key, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Berlin and I was like. The the language was gnarly. I didn't a lot of harsh letters and words. Yeah, and it sounds like they're mad at you. Yes, all the time. every yeah. Achtung. Yeah, I'm like, why are you guys so mad? Yeah, and then yeah. the the U was closed, like it was broken down. So I had to figure my way around, and then I got on the wrong bus when I went to Paris. All kinds of shit. But um, what was it? But was when there I got any... to Paris, though, Paris was the that's changed. that's the jam. Well, that's literally what changed my life. What was it about I... Paris that changed your life, man? <laughs> I th I think it was that's when I fell in love with art and um, I always had like an, or a passion for being artistic and creative and art and being like I wish I could draw that or you know looking at stones and history and but when I went to Paris it's like everything I had been reading you know reading all the the, the Stoics and learning about Greek mythology and you know studying. Uh, uh, you know, just being on Tumblr too much or, mm -hmm. you know, working with in clothing, working at a clothing brand. And by right. this time I was at Young and Reckless for a few years now. You know, I've been in the creative world, so I'm like starting to see things. And I went to Paris and everything just changed for me. It was like, it it, it was like my eyes opened up to, to a whole new world. And I was walking around and there was nothing to distract me. There was no... You know, I, I wasn't taking a thousand pictures. I had a little Android phone with a busted camera. So I'm just like, phone was in my pocket most of the time. And the only thing I had was a pen and a piece of paper. And I would sit down. And, and at that time, I was only drinking coffee, you know. So mm -hmm. I would sit down at a coffee shop and I'd drink an espresso and I'd start writing. And then I'd go to another co coffee shop, drink an espresso and start writing. So I still have all those notes. And it's funny because I was reading the notes the other day. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe I'm in Paris. <laughs> As I look around, everything looks so dreamy. And all the landscapes are huge. And I remember the first day in Paris, I got to Montmartre. And I was sitting at the top of Montmartre. And uh, they got that big-ass church, uh, the Sacre Coup, something like that, right? It's the one where the, uh, there's this picture of Jesus with this big golden halo around him. And I'm, like, sitting there in this church just staring. I was like, I'm just going to stare at it. I'm just going to stare at this for an hour. So right. that's what I did. I was like, I'm just going to stare at this. And I meditated on it for like an hour. And then afterwards, I, I went outside and I sat on the steps and the sun was coming down. And you're overlooking all of Paris and it's all flat land, you know, so you could see just miles and miles and miles down. I'm like, what the fuck? This is fucking crazy. This is not the projects. This is not L.A. This is not California. Like, this right. is Paris. And And then just like. The, I, I visited all the museums, the galleries. I would stop at every gallery. I, I, I take a picture of, of art wherever I can. I, I, I remember I went to, uh, to, to the Louvre and I was sitting in the Louvre for hours just on the floor. I was like, I'm just gonna sit here and just look at these statues. I'm just gonna sit here and just look at these statues. And I did. And I just sat there and I just sat there and I sat there and I admired everything and. What's the scene like there? Is like, are there other people doing that, or or, or are you afraid someone's gonna tell you to get the I, fuck up off the ground? It was, so, it was so weird because like, I didn't know, I didn't know a lick of, I didn't know a lick of a uh, French, French, you know. So I'm just like, all I know is uh, <laughs> they might try to talk me, to me. Me, but... Merci beaucoup, uh, yeah. right. Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, croissant. Voulez-vous avec moi? I literally have a real. <laughs> there was this chick that only spoke French, and I go visit her at the bakery and just talk about baguettes and just point at the moon <laughs> and shit. Yeah, I don't know how it worked, but it worked and I shit. Love that. Yeah, and it was it was it was crazy, but no, I felt very different. I felt like there was no other, no one else like me. I I walked around this. And I would walk around. I randomly walked into the cemetery, and it happened to be where uh, Jim Morrison was buried. Right. And I didn't even know that. I didn't know that he was even buried there. I didn't know that. I had no connection of anything. I was just like wandering. And then later on, I was like, oh shit, that's where Jim Morrison was. And, you know, it's just like all these things are just revealing themselves as I'm walking through. And I have no understanding of anything until later on down the year. And then when I went to Paris again later on, I had, think I had a different experience and then since then i've been to different places i've been sure. to thailand brazil paris so you know, the, so to mr and mrs earbuds who are listening right now mm-hmm. sis, um, let's not pull any punches for the young person who's never been anywhere uh-huh. and they got a magic trip to or the old or the old who's never been anywhere oh blue eyes maybe has never been anywhere what would you recommend for them going to Paris? They've never been anywhere else. They're getting dropped right in there. They've all they've got is their little experience. What 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 advice or thoughts would you impart to that person? Honestly, just there's there's no real plan. You got to just let that city guide you, you know? And, <sighs> and and that's really what happened with me. I just let it guide me. Is I would look up a lot and I just walk so I would look crazy how much you gotten from letting go. I really, you know what I got to say too. I want to say this too. I want to say this too. And that is that I want to give a shout out to, um, to the guys over at young records. I want to give a shout out to drama, shout out to D Murphy and, uh, on and, you know, I gained so much information and business savvy and so much from this dude, D Murphy. Who I want to have on the Yeah, show. let's... I mean, this fucking guy is one of the smartest business people I've ever met in my entire life. And he taught me a lot. He's a lot younger than me, but he taught me so much about business. But the thing is, is that he was actually the owner of Young and Reckless. He was really the finance behind it. Mm-hmm. And when I brought Caesar on, I think I got him a job just to get him in the door at doing street promotions. Mm-hmm. And Caesar was like, all right. And he would like do shit, and then he wanted to like come in and discuss like a game plan for. The, and he would like take like, something little and make it really serious, right? But um, D, my boss, he recognized him. He's like, dude, if he does stuff like that, and I was like, this kid's fucking hungry. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, let's let's give him this. And then he'd have that, and he'd do it perfect. Mm-hmm. And D's like, all right, if he can do that with that much that well. Let's just give him and D kind of saw what I saw in him, mm-hmm. but D was ultimately the guy that could call the shot and say, "All right, we're mm-hmm. gonna pay him this to do that, right?" Mm-hmm. But it was like I remember D and 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 drama and like the guys, the upper executives of this brand, all kind of saw what I saw in him, and everybody was like wanted to see Caesar grow, wanted to put like these guys were like, you know what? Set the bar higher, because he can do it. He can, right. you know what I'm saying? And the, the, everybody had a common. I wanted to say that everybody had this common idea that they want. They knew his ability, and everybody collectively 
felt like let's just give him and see what he can do. Does that make sense? Dude, not only does that make sense, but that's a true blessing. Like it's it very, is a true blessing, you know, bro. It's rare in, in the world where people will want somebody else to succeed. But it, I'm telling you, bro, that that's really how it was. Like Everybody saw the gift in you and was like, this dude's showing up, bro. How are you going to be mad at this dude? Right. He's showing up. And it's like more and more until he becomes production manager. And then he's just running. I mean... He, he really, bro. I gotta yeah. tell a lot of you, man. Don't look at where they can add value to life at all. Right. They just go, how do I get out of this? How do I survive? It's all hard anyway. Right. Whatever. Right. Fucking. That's the one thing. The way what you just said, man, and put words to it is that like he, the motherfucker. Ever since I ever met you, you show up and look. Where can I be useful? And then right. you look at like, oh, is that the thing about being useful? Okay, how can I make that thing? Better and work better right. and leave it better than that's the thing, man. How do I leave this shit better than I found it? And I think that's a beautiful thing. To you take, know what man. I love about that is that like I have a lot of friends that are into self empowerment, self improvement. They gotta actually be told that lesson. Like they gotta have somebody else be like, "Hey, you gotta learn how to add value." But to have that gift naturally and to have other people see that is 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 beautiful. And it the it's that principle of like. Uh, if you have dominion over few, you will be master of many. If you can take care of the little things with excellence, mm. then then you can grow. Most people are just trying to do the big thing with excellence. They haven't even started the small shit yet. It, it, it's, it's, it's so That's funny. Me. As you say that, I'm thinking to myself, it's like dominion of a few. That, is that what you said? Yeah, if you can have dominion over few. Huh. I, I kind of think about like the different dimensions of the mind, right? Right. So like if we can have dominion over the different dimensions of our mind. For sure. Right? right. Over the the, over the different aspects of self. The different aspects of self, physical, mental, the 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 uh the emotional. Right. Uh, you know, and learning to kind of assimilate with all these different parts of us. Mm. That's when real change started to happen. Like that 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 is when things really start to develop in life that's when new things start to enter that you didn't see that they were coming mm -hmm. is my focus wasn't so much on what i can control that's outside of me it's more what can i work with that's in me right you know it's like right. i already have the tools i already have the knowledge i already cool. have what I need to do to be able to get through. Everything else that I'm learning is just part of a, a chain reaction of actions and actions and actions. So when I got to Young and Reckless, it was just, just do, mm -hmm. just do. Like that's what Lucky used to tell me, just do it, just do it, just do it. And I used to do shit. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I just mm -hmm. do it. I just do it. I think it was uh, that, that, that playful ignorance and curiosity. Is, sure. And that playful curiosity and ignorance is still what I have today, you know, and that is what I uh, kind of what pushes me forward. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta say something right now. And this is going to sound really elementary, like retarded. But if I showed up anywhere at a job and I was being trained and I didn't know what the fuck to yeah. do, like the day I fucking got into a kitchen, I didn't know how I was going to cook and when they weren't training me and showing me something, I had enough common sense to start fucking sweeping up or looking where other people are trying to do shit. I didn't have to be told yeah. to go grab the other side right. of the beans. and board. I didn't have to be told to start getting busy. Don't just stand there and wait for right. them to train you. That motherfucker needs help. 
Okay, that floor is dirty. They spilt that. I go, I don't have to be acting. You- I fu- I've done that my whole fucking life, man. I don't care where you send me, and I don't care if I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to stand there. I'm going to make myself useful in front of me, where that means me grabbing a fucking broom, helping him out, asking a question, listening. doesn't matter. That's what you do. So when we were at Young and Reckless, it didn't matter if we were pulling out a big cloth or it, we were serving everybody. By the time we were done serving everybody, this guy's walking around picking up cups. Right. Filling up trash cans. Yeah. Cleaning up. the. Nobody has to tell you after the party puts you away. Right. You know that, right? right? You were good at that. That's what I look for with people. Like if I have to sit there and tell you every, and you don't know how to self-fucking start yep. doing it. It's then you're you. I can't help you, but you were somebody that was like he had that in me, and I'm like, yes, bro. That's that's what Vincent has in him. You know, like he just knows to start picking up shit and moving around. He just stand there. It's right. like when you walk into a, into a, your friend's house, you know, and you're like you're over for dinner or a gathering or whatever it is. It's always easy to be helpful there. Not I mean, as easy at my own house. Exactly. That's a big thing. Take that's a big wisdom point you just. Or made. you start clearing the fucking plates. You, you start, start picking your own doing, plates up, dude. But but yeah, those man. people will not only pay attention to that, yeah. but they admire, admire it, it, and yeah. then that's when you get wel- welcomed back. I have found there myself in a lot of interesting like uh, uh, positions, and I have a lot of like really like cool relationships with people that are really fucking dope and i sometimes i sit back and i wonder how the fuck did i get at this dinner table like don't they know my history i'll be the only one at that dinner table that like has gunshots in his arm you know talking about like i came from here and that everybody else is completely different Mm. and i'm like if they only knew you know but they do know and they know me for who I am today. They know right. me for the actions that I that on how I act today. Yeah. They know right. me for how I present myself today, yeah. for the things that I care about today, yeah. for mm-hmm. what I genuinely love, and but, but the and, other, and for being that change. The other part of that is though that that Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, if they're listening, how to take in and, and like think about is that there's a lot of Tuesdays and Wednesdays in between where you were <laughs> at, mm-hmm. where you're at now and where you at before. There was right. a lot of non-recognition time. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, there was a lot of tables I, that you were at where you're like, how the fuck did I well, get at this table? Well, well, let me tell you this. At one point, I felt like a few years ago, I, I, I felt like I was I felt like I was the master at the table. You know? You start getting, you there know, you go. you start Setting up the table, Kirk. then you start cooking the dinner. Then, yeah. Start, yeah. then it turns out you're the ones inviting people over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Huh. And now it's it's so funny because I feel like I, I'm the table got bigger. You know, after a while, you're like, "This is a nice table, right? It's cool." But when you're <laughs> when, when you when your ego comes to play, there's no room for that. Yeah. You know, and you're the 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 ego is a is a friend that should be mastered. And I I put my now I I feel like I'm I'm just sitting at at this very 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 long table that I'm really at the end and I'm looking at all these like other great souls and um, pieces of, of art and literature and, and history that I'm like wow if I could only make a dent just like these people and I I, I guess I'm I'm talking about like very grand you know I, I've been studying a lot of, like uh, like Hinduism and studying a lot of art and studying all these like like i said like the, the teachers and the philosophers and mm-hmm. the creators the people that like left something the people that made a change in Man. the world that 
that we still use today. Right. Someone created these microphones. Someone created a desk. Someone created hey, a building. Somebody created the name Caesar. Someone created <laughs> and <laughs> Caesar itself. Think about that. <laughs> That's I think about thing. that every day. I'm like, D- this guy took a name and made it synonymous with king. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I think about or that all the time. Or solid. Or solid dressing. Or, or, or a palace. But yeah. but but yeah, I, I drive I drive around and I, I, I look at the sky now, or even when I take take the dog out for a walk and I'm like, everything is artistic. Yes. Every single thing was designed. Created. Yeah. Everything that we are sitting on, that we are touching, came from somebody's mind. mind. Yes. At one point, this was non-existent. It mm. only existed in the mind of someone. Right? Yes. Right. And until it manifested, it was just an idea. It was a theory. Right. It was an impossibility. Yeah, it certainly wasn't true. And it wasn't true. Right. It was not true. Yep. And, and a lot of it was incremental. Meaning that it not only was the vision in someone's Tesla's mind. Tesla's vision didn't come to life till today. You know what I'm saying? It was incremental. A lot of it was built upon a, one, another person's vision. Yeah. Right? Dude, I was thinking about today in my run, dogs. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about motherfucking dogs. And I was like, you know, they can trace ev- your dog, all, your my dog, all these dogs how that look so different down to the gray wolf. Mm-hmm. From one dog that somebody, I don't know who this smart motherfucker was, but somebody was like, I bet you, you see that wild animal out there? I bet you if we fed it, brought it into the fire. I think about that all the time. We could fucking, he could help us out. Domesticating We could work together. When the, when the, when the Europeans first came to the, to the New World, there were no horses. That was brought by the Spanish. Yeah. All the Indians had were fucking dogs. And these dogs were all different, and they were all helping out. They were all helping out. So somebody was like, man. And I guarantee you, for that one guy that was like, or gal, who knows, that was like, I bet you if we fucking saved a couple of these fucking buffalo ribs, and we fucking got the dog over here, and we could do some shit with it, blah, blah, blah. There was a bunch of other people that were probably like, you don't want to fuck with that, man. Like that's we've been without a dog for millennia, and if we were always done it dogless, right? Exactly, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Man, I was thinking about that today. So you're right, man, and that is an art. That is an art. I I mean, everything that we're uh, this 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 whole life that that manifested is just some kind of crazy idea of somebody's. You know, somebody had this idea that we should be living in harmony, and someone had an idea that we should be. Here, sitting around, talking to each other, having a, a conversation. Like I, I think these are all ideas that over the years start to happen, and then they grow bigger than themselves. But the hardest part for me personally to deal with or wrestle with is that somebody also had the idea that in order to get a lot of motherfuckers to do some shit we want them to do, we got to divide them and we got to conquer them. Mm-hmm. We got to get them focused on certain types of pleasures that are going to keep them from thinking about how to make things better. That's an idea right. that somebody actively works on daily. Well, <laughs> we're going to work on something daily, too. Listen, I want to listen. This has been a great show, man, Caesar. Um, you know, we have a little business. You're going to know about Caesar. Are you? Oh, you're going to know about Caesar eventually. Well, we've got some things. We've got some things planned. Man. But for right now, I just want to thank you, bro. I want to yeah. thank you for... Not only coming on our show today, I want to thank you for 
being who you are, man, and continuing to be in my life and showing up. And you've affected me and a lot of people around you. Know that, bro. And, uh, I'm nothing but love for you, Seth. Thank you for coming today, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I love yeah. you. My guys. And uh, Tate, thank you for sitting on the show. Yeah, it was great, Tate, bro. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you, honestly. Awesome. Do you either of you guys want to give any shout outs or uh, Caveman Coffee? CavemanCoffee.com. You can find uh, a great brand that me and a couple friends made. Uh, we out there. And um, just find me at Tate Fletcher on Instagram or whatever I'm using. Fine. Sure. Beautiful. To, I just got love for everyone out here listening. You know, everyone from the West Side of LA, California, all right. Hey, we got people from Saudi Arabia yeah, listening. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in Mexico? I don't know. What do you mean? Mexico. But we got people in Guatemala. Guatemala. We got Guatemala. Guatemala. Australia. We got Indonesia. Japan. Japan. The Aussies. Oh, uh, Japan. Uh, Japan. Aussies, Aussies are like our second biggest audience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Same. That's yeah. where I'm trying yeah. to go next. Aussie. Oh, let them know. If there's any Aussies, you know. Hey. Good. Yep. <laughs> See, Actually, trying, I got one. want to go on an adventure from Australia to Bali. And <laughs> hey, Australian dude hit me up. He wants a hard luck t-shirt, so I'll just send it with you. <laughs> yeah, put it in your bag. <laughs> um, any shout outs? Um, Sean at hardluckshow.com. For all your audio needs. For all them audio needs. And beats. Hey, any uh, you got to call Patrick Hall if oh, you want Yeah, man. Uh, BrainTreatmentCenter.com. Yeah. If you want to know about yeah. the, the, the other shit that I've been up to, is like those are the people that help me a bunch. What is it, Brain? Bra- BrainTreatmentCenter.com. Awesome. Caesar, awesome. what are you up to right now? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, in life? Yeah. Uh, on the professional tip. On the professional tip. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we covered everything else. Yeah. Uh, very very uh, professional. Uh, currently working with a cannabis brand. Oh yeah. Uh, we're getting all our licenses together. Uh, it's called Space Packs. It's a high-end exotic cannabis. So. Um, hey, I want to talk to you because I got a guy that uh, one of my ex clients is looking. He's got manufacturing in California and something else. So oh, yeah. If you want to. He's trying to set something up. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely talk. Set those guys up. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing that. And then I got a brand that's coming out next year. It's called Head Trip. And uh, yeah. it's yeah. an it's, it's intellectually stimulating <laughs> ride. It's uh, based on my adventures with psychedelics mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and and uh, religion and spirituality and philosophy and kind of bringing all those different organisms together and kind of presenting it in a way that I think should be uh, genuine and real to, to me. Nice. Ed Trip. We'll keep our eyes open yeah. for that. We'll go. You're going to be back in updating us. This is a platform for you. Yeah. So you yeah, come yeah, in yeah. here and you use it, right? It. Yeah, come in here. Big shout out to uh, Supermax Hardware. That's uh, www.supermaxhardware.com. Check us out. Um, to Vibes, Rolling Papers, and Vibes Drops. I spoke to- with Vibes. I use them very, very much. Yep. Vibes is it. <laughs> Big shout out to the Cookies family, Burn, and the Soul Assassins. The West Side and everybody in the city of Santa Monica. Just thinking about all you guys sending shout outs. And uh, Ovando Bowen, LLP, if you want a lawyer that wears braids to court, scares Shh. the judge and scares the uh, opposition, I'm your fucking man. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And uh, check out my Instagram, Chumahan underscore, for early morning motivation running videos mm. and poetry. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. H2K, the hard luck show. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. We're out of here. Adios, amigos.